Well, you know you can also cut it out. Oh yeah, I mean I don't ever use all whoa, this stuff Jesus. here anyway. Lowering the contrast is terrifying. That oh my was god. Very scary. <laughs> you look like Max Hedrum. This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. Here for another podcast that just talks about movies. That's right. Today we are coming alive from a hole full of earth and water. <laughs> is that right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, good, good. It might have been water. No, earth, earth and water, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of it down there. <laughs> uh, and we are sponsored by our patrons. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash thunderlizard to find more information about that. And every single one of you who is a patron will get a special shout out at the end of the show. Um, today, we are going to be talking about uh, probably one of the most underrated directors, uh, I think. Uh, one of the most. <laughs> I couldn't even say with a straight face. <laughs> one of the most talked about directors. Yeah, yeah. We're talking one about Zack Snyder. Unique directors. That's right. Sorry, I shouldn't have let Lucas. One, talk. Of, one, one of the most overblown directors. <laughs> one of a director. Yeah, <laughs> a director. A director. Um, we're talking about some movies. We're talking about Zack Snyder today. Uh, we're recording this on his birthday, so you unlucky bastard. <laughs> and also, bastard. I did not. When I suggested this episode, I did not plan that. I, I just woke up this morning and I found out that it was Zack Snyder's birthday. Are you sure, you tricky bitch? I think. <laughs> yes, I am a hundred percent sure. I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh shit, it's Zack Snyder's birthday. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So we're talking about Zack Snyder uh, and. I think it's going to be a good one. This is going to be fun. Uh, anyway, we're going to jump right into it. I do right want to preface one thing for our fans before we begin, which is I really hope you guys appreciate what we do for you. Because <laughs> we have just we have just watched every single Zack Snyder movie. Yep. And all I could say is I am exhausted. <laughs> I wish you'd done it into the mic, but... Uh... <laughs> Okay, I just had to double check that we were recording because all that was good material. Um, I am get ordering a pizza. Uh, I have ordered a pizza. It might come at some point during the ingestion, so um, just be aware of that. Anyway, uh, we're going to jump right into said ingestion. And let's let... Because, Liam, you said you don't have a ton, right? So we might as well let you start because I have a shitload. Uh, for sure. Um, I guess to start is, uh, I'll start by saying that I've kept up with, uh, WandaVision mm -hmm. and, uh, I could, what I can say is I feel like my fears are starting to become realized a little bit. Yeah. I don't, disagree which is I'm really starting to fall off. Like the big reveal in uh, the episode before this week or reveal, I knew it was coming about three episodes in. Yeah. Um, just based on my even not even reading any uh, a lot of Wanda or sorry a lot of Scarlet Witch or Vision. It's funny we like, don't even I, have to spoil it. It's been spoiled by the internet. Yeah. Like yes, hmm. like I knew sure Kath, about, I but. I called that uh, uh was it uh Agnes was gonna be uh, Agatha Harkness because she I know just from uh, cultural osmosis being a comic book fan yeah like and Agatha Harkness does play a major role in a lot of uh, stories involving Scarlet Witch. Um. So when they do this whole thing and they have that whole little jingle at the end, I was like, yeah, I kind of called it, guys. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> um, and uh, then this last episode, which is essentially just, it's unclear as to what's really going on here still, but like, I'm like, but the way it's paying off is, I'm just kind of reaching a point where I'm like, I don't care. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm not disagreeing with you. I I care. I just think it is kind of. It was such a strong start, such a strong start, and now it's like, it's like a match that's burning at both ends. You know, it's just kind of like fizzling out. You know, kind of like Vision did <laughs> at one point or another, twice as he did twice. But no, I I watched uh, the most recent episode last night, and uh, overall, I wasn't bored while I was watching it. But I was like. Okay, guys, impress me. Mm-hmm. You guys have like one or two episodes left. Impress me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't and, sound like they did. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of it is that like uh, WandaVision was starting to win me over because I was like, this really isn't my thing at all. But there's enough intrigue where I'm going. But uh, was it with where it seems to be going? But where it's going now, I'm just losing interest really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I cool also, they find, uh, sorry, it's cool that they finally named her. Yeah. They find it, like they finally call her Scarlet Witch. In Even this if episode. I thought it was a little cringy, the way oh, really? they did it. Yeah, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little cringy. Um, yeah, did, I didn't know if you, you knew that Lucas, I don't know, but they never, ever, ever referred to her as Scarlet Witch in the, in the movie yeah. or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I didn't know, but like that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, like, like a lot of the Jedi, they never said Ewoks, but we all know what Ewoks are. Yeah. Or like in the uh, Marvel movies, they also have this weird thing where they don't name a lot of characters that show up. Like Cross was never called Crossbones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Whiplash was never called Whiplash. Is that because they don't have the rights to the names? No, it's because uh, some of those movies were made in times where, well, Whiplash in particular, it's like, I don't know if audience will take giving him a name seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, things like that. But the Marvel movie, where Marvel movies were, as I've said before, they kind of start to embrace the material, but they tiptoe around it a lot because they're scared of alienating general audiences. Where I'm like, guys, you don't need to be scared of that anymore. You own so many people's souls when it comes to these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got, Liam? Uh, the other thing is, I rewatched a couple of things. Uh, the other day, I rewatched uh, Blade Runner 2049, and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I know more context to that, but I'm not going to get into it on the show. <laughs> um, and uh, one thing uh, was it, so when I first saw it, like, obviously I liked it a lot. Um, and I mean, I do like the original Blade Runner quite a bit. In fact, I've gone as far as to say that, like, uh, some people have, I've called, I've said I'll call it a flawed masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Sure. At least in the way on how it really set a precedent, precedent and changed a lot. And there's so many, and the interesting thing about it of, on how there's so little happening on screen, but so many ideas being presented. So, uh, re- so the sequel obviously had a lot to live up to. And rewatching it now, I was gonna say this movie is fucking incredible. Like this, in fact, in some ways, I'd argue it might be better than the first Blade Runner. I, it is. That's not even an argument. I think it is. I mean, just in the way on how they take so many ideas further or whatnot. Like um, the first Blade Runner, I've come to see it as being about like mortality or whatnot, like and how throughout most of it, you think it's going to be a robot revolution or whatnot, or what's for going, what we're going for. But all Roy Batty wants is uh, just more life mm-hmm. and to live longer. And the movie pontificates a lot of these questions. Well, this one really gets into the whole what makes you you, and if, uh, was it and like the ideas it takes and like telling a, a person between a replicant or whatnot, or does it even really matter anymore? By the way, pontificate, great fucking word. I'm glad you just Good used word. it. Yeah. Um, and just like I uh, was, and like while watching it, I think I uh, was it like I had these thoughts a little bit after it came out, but like I uh, uh, was it, but watching it again, it makes you, it kind of made me think even more. It's like, you know, 
how true are our memories really? Like given we're also coated over with a lace of nostalgia and the way like memory works and the way humans uh, tend to move forward and how your thoughts start to become more abstract. But if they're real to you, does it really matter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean like uh, uh, the only negative thing I still have is I, is that the person who plays uh, Love, uh, was it uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Jared Leto's uh, replicant or one of the main antagonists mm -hmm. is I still am not crazy about her performance. Something about it is just feels like she's trying a little too hard. Yeah, that's fair. Especially when everybody else just slips right into it. Like Ryan Gosling is a perfect replicant. Um, even like Jared Leto isn't super overbearing, which, which is uh, a I shock. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then again, his role was also originally written for David Bowie. So, oh yeah, yeah. Who um, is, was a robot? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, this is, that was the first movie I ever saw him on a day arms in. And uh, watching it again, I fell in love with her all over. Isn't it Armus? Or is that just a joke it... that I've been saying for the past yes. fucking five years? Okay. Yes, and how you can't stand accents for some reason. Um, we'll talk about that later. I don't want to no, uh, get in that. Uh, was it this rewatch? I absolutely loved it. I'm in fact, uh, was it like I could see this down the line becoming one of my favorite movies? Mm -hmm. Cool. In fact, I th think it might actually be Denis Villeneuve's best film. Though I mean, there's a though I, I don't, it either comes to down to that or Arrival for me at this point. Yeah, I would argue. Yeah, I Arrival. haven't seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but Arrival is phenomenal. It's top notch. Um, yeah, and that's uh, really all I watched because again, so much of my time has been preoccupied just trying to rewatch Snyder films Holy and Peter. finding moments to replay time to replay through Halo two. Oh, right on. Cool, <laughs> Lucas. What do you got for us today? Um, I watched a couple movies, but first, uh, I'll get this out of the way first, uh, just because it's not really super important. But I did watch the last two seasons of the Netflix uh, Carmen Sandiego cartoon, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which I have seen the first two seasons of. I think there's oh, only yeah, two yeah. seasons, right? Uh, there's four seasons now. Yeah, uh, I, I I didn't realize I hadn't seen. I didn't realize there was more of it. I watched like the first two seasons and kind of forgot about it. <laughs> did and I'm like, watch, oh, there's two more seasons. Neat. Did you watch uh, the, uh, what do you call it, the interactive movie? I did not. No, I haven't watched that. So I, so I still have a little bit more Carmen Sandiego to go. And it's it's still a fun like kids show. I, I, I genuinely enjoy it. Though it ends with kind of a Into the Spider-Verse sort of ripoff. <laughs> really? Where it's like anyone can wear the hat. <laughs> <laughs> One one thing I have joked about with this show is that I've, or this is just a dude joke that I've had with some of my friends or whatnot saying that like, uh, was it given that uh, this show has a lot of, this show has a fair bit of bondage in it. And I'm, you have a feeling that it's going to influence kids the same way totally spies did. Weird. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's actually been a talking people, point people for a while. People get tied up a lot, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And like, uh, <laughs> apparently totally shows like totally spies or, uh, whatever uh, other Canadian spy shows were. A lot of spy shows, apparently, uh, what is it? it? It made kids learn a lot about themselves. Oh boy. I'm oh. curious if San Diego, Carmen Sandiego <laughs> does the same thing. This awoken a lot of things yeah, in me. Yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't have any too many, too many thoughts on it. I just, I just enjoyed it. It was fun. <laughs> right on. Um, I also watched this movie called The Dig, which is a Netflix uh, movie. Um, basically, it's a story of this kind of, not amateur, but he's, he's not a, he's not a archaeologist. He's an excavator. 
played by Ray Fiennes. Oh, cool. Um, who he gets hired by this woman. It's it's like right before World War II in England. He gets hired by this woman because there's all these burial mounds on her property, and she wants them excavated before the war because the war they know the war is coming and that's going to stop all digs. Um, she wants them excavated because she thinks that she thinks there could be something valuable. Um, and he's hired to excavate it, and he finds an old Anglo-Saxon ship, and an Anglo, and they were expecting like Viking stuff, which which would be uh, around like 1100 sort of era, but Anglo-Saxons go Anglo-Saxons go back to the 600s. Oh wow! And this is like one of the one of the earliest finds like in England. And it kind of follows the people involved in the dig. Uh, there's a couple diggers, uh, Miss Mrs. Pretty, which is her name. She's played by Carrie Mulligan. She's the one who owns the property. Mrs. Pretty. Um, yeah, Mrs. Pretty. Her last name is Pretty. All right, all right. <laughs> Legit, that was her last name. That was the actual. I mean, Carrie name. Mulligan is kind of pretty. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Lily James is in it. She she plays one of the diggers, the only female digger on the crew, uh, and basically just follows the relationships between the people uh on like working on the site as well as the kind of political tension between uh this excavator who's not an archaeologist and the actual archaeologist that comes and like takes over the dig and like who's going to get credit and stuff like that um it's 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 a really quiet movie like there's nothing really bombastic that happens nothing that's super dramatic but it's at least for me with the interest in like archaeology and stuff it's 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 really interesting i really liked it a lot of really really good performances how's uh ray fines because he hasn't done a movie from assuming mm-hmm. it like this if i'm my if i'm interpreting your description uh correctly uh, in a while yeah yeah i haven't really seen him as the lead in a while yeah um but he was great. I, I loved yeah. his performance. I mean, just because uh, the past little while, Ray Fiennes has mainly been doing things like the Lego Batman movie, uh, Holmes and Watson. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, this is, is a this is, it's, it's a very British movie, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I do know what you mean. Yeah. It, are we talking uh, more Doctor Who or Broadchurch? More Broadchurch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's it, it looks very very nice. Looks. Again, very British, very like uh, uh, what's what's the word posh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it it's definitely that kind of movie, but I I really really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was uh, not fun. Fun's not the right word, but compelling. The dig. It wasn't yeah, uh, dig. too. It wasn't too uh, persnickety. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> um, it, it's it's one of the few movies I've seen that uh, portrays uh, a couple. Uh, like a married couple drifting apart as a good thing um like them ending their marriage as a good thing because like they they weren't compatible and it, it's a it's a whole thing in the movie it's one of the subplots but uh which i thought was was uh quite interesting most most uh most movies don't do that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh. a marriage story um, for example <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then i i finally uh watched black Clansom. black black Clansom. oh yeah right on good cool. movie I, I love that movie. Yeah, it was, it's, I didn't expect it to be funny, but it was very funny. <laughs> Spike Lee movies, a lot of them are surprisingly pretty funny. Yeah, no, they are. I, I every time I watch a Spike Lee movie, uh, like I have do the right thing in my head, which I guess is kind of funny sometimes. It's humorous, yeah. But like, yeah, like, but that's like the the sort of thing that I have in my head for Spike Lee, and this wasn't that different. I think, but it was way funnier, and it was 
it was it was great it was great i loved it this yeah. movie also <laughs> gave us john david washington who i'm glad to yep. see is becoming popular yeah no he um, was he was so good I, like the only th- thing i'd really seen him in was tenet and he gives such like an understated performance there just because it's a christopher nolan movie but like he had so much more life <laughs> in this movie. What a clap there! <laughs> One thing that was, I was, that was an understated Lucas. like insult. <laughs> you know, just because uh, no, <laughs> no reviews I know talked about this, uh, or at least uh, from critics who I watched talked about this. Would but it's one thing I was really shocked by in this movie, which is. Topher Grace surprisingly did a really good job as David Duke. He did. <laughs> yeah, he's. Actually, I, I, well, I remember seeing that. I'm like, whoa! Like, he's not a it's bad also actor. Because it's also interesting because David Duke is still alive and active. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and, and this movie did not pull any punches with how at least I've always seen David Duke in, like over mm-hmm. the years. No. Yeah. It, it it did a really really good job of portraying like the KKK and like by extension like alt right groups and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think I think they portrayed them like pretty perfectly accurately, like uh, and and I, I love that scene like near the end where he's talking to David Duke with everybody around him. That's so funny. Uh, historically, there were some things that they moved around just because to make it more cinematic, like the whole bombing thing never happened. Um, uh, David Duke never actually found out that uh, that that what was his name again? Uh. Ron Stop. What, what? Yeah, Ron. Ron uh, Bubble. No. Is <laughs> uh, it Solver Ron and uh, Flip? Or yeah. That was he never he he didn't find out that Ron was black until a journalist was doing a story on this and called David Duke uh, to uh, fact check some stuff, hmm. and that was when David Duke actually found out. I like the movie version better; it's funnier. Yeah, but... well, the, the movie ver- <laughs> I mean, this is also one of those things where people always get down on some movies for historical accuracy or whatnot. But I mm-hmm. uh, was it. I've come to accept that, like, to a point, historical fiction. Like uh, and this, yeah. uh, was it as long as you're oh, getting yeah. the the, uh, was it as long as you're getting like the heart and like the actual like uh, uh, what is it, trueness of the story across? Mm-hmm. Then I don't really mind if there are inaccuracies. Yeah, hundred percent. I I I hundred percent agree. Like, I, I'm, this isn't a critique of the movie. It's just I like to explore like the historical accuracy of uh, movies based on real events. Uh, just because that's that's fun for me. Yeah. Uh, not, I'm not saying, oh, it's the bad movie because that bombing plot never happened. You should start a I YouTube never... channel where you talk about history. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a video on Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, yeah, I really liked Black Klansman. I, I highly recommend that it's, one. That was good. It's also definitely the best movie Spike Lee made in a long time. Yeah. Because for a while, he mm-hmm. was doing things like the Old Boy remake for some reason. Which yeah. I've heard... It, was butchered to all hell like his version mm-hmm. apparently was a lot more accurate to what the the manga was not so much and the actual movie but... was old boy a manga yeah it was it's yeah, oh okay I, 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 is... only, I, I only know the the movie i can't remember which was it what was it where was it from where was the original? Korea. Uh, korea korea okay yeah um also spite uh, was it as much as i hate the whole like over other cuts of this thing or directors going off I believe Spike Lee when he goes off because he's the most outspoken person about this shit with like studios <laughs> and whatnot. It's like, funny how that this conversation is going to come back full circle <laughs> later on this podcast. According to uh, Spike Lee, he shot a uh, he shot for about a two plus hour movie. Uh, was it a man? Uh, they cut it down and rearranged a bunch of shit so it could fit like so they could fit more screenings. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for audience members who don't know, a lot of uh, what is it? 
a lot of film, unless for like big tentpole releases, studios like to try and keep movies under two hours or have a two hour mark so they could fit as many showings into a day as they can. That's why so yeah. many Disney movies were like 70 minutes because yeah. you could pump in as like a ton of showings in a day. Yeah, like yeah. I watched uh, Tarzan a little while ago. Tarzan is only like an hour and 80 or is only like 80 minutes long. Yeah, it's not long. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, because Dumbo is like 60 something minutes, isn't Something it? like that. Yeah. The... Well, that was also the time it was made. Like, movies yeah. weren't that long around that time, or especially animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the newest Winnie the Pooh movie, not Christopher Robin, the animated one, was 65 minutes long, I believe. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, cool. anything else, Lucas? Uh, not really. I think that's about it. Yeah, oh, right on. Um, okay, we're going to go deep here, boys. We're going to go deep. All right. So, Christian Saga of Ingestion. Yes, it's which is, you know, pretty obvious. It's, that's what I do. That's that's my that this part of the show is where I take gold. <laughs> yeah, and you and you get and maybe that's why you give me shit when I've watched a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay, so I did uh something. I did two thons, I suppose is what you could call them. Marathons, two marathons. One of them being Snyder movies, obviously. The other being um, Adam Sandler movies. Um, so I, because Billy, not Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore turned 25 last week or the week before. And so I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll watch Happy Gilmore. I'm, I'm going to just do a real quick cap of these so that I just blaze through them. So I watched Happy Gilmore and I was like, that was great. I really like Happy Gilmore. It's a good movie. I remember it very fondly. Still remember it very fondly. We'll never forget it. Um, um, but then immediately following that, I watched Grown Ups, and uh, Grown Ups uh, is fine. It's not a good movie by any standard. Grown Ups is not... one of those movies where if I didn't see it with my family when it came out, I would have left. Yeah, well, I also I don't think you would have theater. seen it. But anyway, it's fine. It's not a masterpiece by any means, obviously. It's just a movie about five guys who are middle-aged meeting up and just ribbing on ribbing on each other you know making fun of each other that's and the movie all people who suck with every once in a while that's not true i like the sandman um with no the, i mean no i'm saying that they're characters and people but people they're playing suck oh yeah they're no. not good people at no, all not kids really. suck they suck their girlfriends suck everybody sucks yeah um <laughs> and then i watched grown-ups 2 immediately after that and i really wish i hadn't um <laughs> it's awful and and it's awful because mm-hmm. nothing fucking happens. Not a single goddamn thing happens in that movie of any <laughs> substance. Not a goddamn thing. Yeah, and then there's a, a really big dumb fight at the end of the movie between Adam Sandler and all the people who live in this town versus Taylor Lautner and his group of college kids. And it's like a war. It's like a, <laughs> an all-out war. Jesus. And it's totally unnecessary. Yes, Liam? I was gonna say I have a story from one of from a friend of mine who went to go see that movie when it came out. Yep. Apparently, uh, he went with somebody. He went to the movies with somebody we knew from school, and uh, he re- this friend of mine really wanted to go see Pacific Rim, but since the person he went with was a dumbass, he was like, <laughs> "Oh, why don't we go see uh, Grown Ups too?" And he's like, "Okay, fine." And they wa- apparently they two minutes into the theater uh, or two minutes into the movie after uh, there's a scene where a deer pisses on Adam Sandler. Pisses in his mouth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was it? He looked over at his at this guy, and he's like, "I hope you're happy." Yeah, he's uh, like, "We could be watching something good." That's how that movie <laughs> opens: is Adam Sandler gets pissed on by a deer. I um, also remember. Sorry, one more thing. Christian and I that same weekend went to go see Pacific Rim together, and we were that the, we didn't have a very busy theater there, but there were a bunch of people lined up for Grown Ups too. Christian gave me shit for looking at them. I'm saying, 
you know it's gonna suck right he's like liam don't be a dick and uh <laughs> then we left the theater we bumped into two guys who were in that line you were like yeah you were right that movie was terrible <laughs> yeah i'm like oh really you think yeah you think <laughs> um then i watched mr deeds um again not much happens it's just kind of fun it's it's not good, but it's it, again. It's one of those movies where I remember it fondly. And then I watched Big Daddy. Big Daddy's fo- so great. It's so heartwarming Big. and like charming. Um, although they reuse the Hooters joke way too many times. They make a joke about uh, John Stewart's girlfriend, who's played by Leslie Mann. She worked at a Hooters, and he just makes fun of her for working at Hooters constantly. And it's pretty much the only joke that they use. And I was like, come on, <laughs> like there's so much Hooters. more material material here. And uh, there's also uh, in that movie, uh, I mean, it also does kind of have Rob Schneider playing another ethnic stereotype. Yeah, moving on. I watched uh, Anger Management as well. Um, I've never seen that one. It's not very good. Uh, it's just, again, it's one of those, it's just kind of boring. It just slogs along. And like, you can tell Nicholson's having a riot. He's having a good time. Um, but Sandler just looks like he's bored for 95% of that movie. Um it's also got uh, oh, Aunt May. What's her name? New Aunt uh, May. Which Aunt May? New, New Aunt May. Marissa uh, Tomei. Anyway, uh, I'm going to stop there because uh, some people who listen to the show girlfriend. get uncomfortable. Um, cousin Vinny's girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Moving into the things that are actually of substance. <laughs> um, I watched Blues Brothers. Um, and I haven't seen Blues Brothers in years. Like a long, I long time. Since I was a kid. Well, I know John talked about it on on the live show, and pretty much everything John said is just holds up. That movie is is a near perfect film because it's just a buddy buddy film. I wouldn't call it a buddy cop film, but it's just like these two dudes bumming around, and it's a road trip movie. But it also has like some of the best musical numbers you'll ever see in a movie. And like when they do the mini the moocher bit at the end, it's just ugh, the performance is just so fantastic, and the audience is super into it. the The direction is really good, even though it's directed by a guy who ended up killing a lot of people. Um, uh, accident, uh, three people, right? Landis, one of which was yeah. a kid. Yeah, two of which were kids. Two <laughs> children. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy it. I think it's a, it's definitely one of those movies that it's a must see. Uh, because of the performances, um, some of the direction is just top notch, and the car chase scene that goes on for twenty minutes at the end is just—it's <laughs> also just—it's um, also one of those movies that has reached iconic status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hard not to hear that boom, 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 and not immediately think of the Blues Brothers. You know, um, I watched Fargo season three uh, finally because uh, every time I tried to watch it in the past, I'd fall asleep, and then I just couldn't get past a, a certain episode. It was always episode four. Couldn't get past it. And then I finally pushed pushed through the barrier and I finished it. Um, it's pretty damn good. It's not the best of the series. That's for sure. A lot of people, a lot of Fargo fans have said it's the worst, um, which I haven't seen season four yet, so I can't be much of a judge. Um, comparatively to the other two seasons that came before it, it's not as good, but it's not, it's not awful. Ewan um, McGregor plays twins in this season, right? Brothers. They're not twins. Oh, right. Um, but oh. he does play two characters, um, Ray and uh, Emmett Stussy. Uh, and what I like the most about this season was that, unlike the two pri- well, I guess the two prior as well, well, the one prior, um, is that it's just a big misunderstanding. 
and then things get worse and worse and but, worse. That's Fargo for you. And worse, yeah. Because <laughs> um, season season one, nothing that doesn't really happen. Because um, uh, in that one, Martin Freeman kills his wife. That's just kind of that's not a misunderstanding. You murdered your wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in season two, uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons they hit a guy who's a part of a crime organization. And that's kind of a little bit more of a misunderstanding because it's just, it, they hide the body, blah, blah, blah. But in this one, um, basically what the premise is is that um, Ray Stussy wants a stamp from his brother. Um, like it's a commemorative stamp that's worth a lot of money. And he and his girlfriend, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who plays a character named Nikki Swango, they... Um, want to go steal it. So Ray ends up hiring a guy played by Scoot McNeary. <laughs> Sorry, I have to say it like that. Every time I hear his name, I have to say Scoot McNeary. <laughs> oh, my internet connection is unstable. So we'll see. Oh, no. We'll see. Um, but anyway, Scoot goes to steal the stamp, but and by, ex- by accident goes to the wrong place and kills the wrong guy. <laughs> And then it just kind of spirals oh, no. out of uh, spirals out from there. Carrie Coon's in it too, and she's great. Carrie Coon is fantastic. Um, yeah, she, she's a great actor. You know, I can't. I, I like her as Proxima Midnight. I can't wait to see her in Ghostbusters. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Fargo season three, recommend it. Lastly, before I go into my recommendation, uh, the last thing is uh, I watched a documentary called The Ringmaster, and it's a it's a documentary about onion rings. Um, kind of, it's more so a documentary about obsession and, uh, uh, gambling and taking risks. So what it is, it's this guy who was trying to make a documentary about this guy who makes the best onion rings in like South Dakota or whatever. But you can tell that the guy who makes the onion rings, he's an old man and he can tell he just doesn't want to do it. (laughs) He just doesn't want (laughs) to be in the dock and whatever. But the guy who's making the dock really like starts to kind of like have this overbearing control over this old man. And it starts to become incredibly sad to see this man forcing this old man to do things that he doesn't want to do and how much influence he has on, on his life. And it culminates in this scene um, when they're in Las Vegas, trying to sell the rings to the, the now Las Vegas Raiders, the football team. Um, and it it's just very sad what happens. It's uh, like I saw a TikTok that was like, "Hey, you should watch this movie because you'll be shocked by the ending." And I was like, "I'm not shocked. I'm just very sad." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's good though. It's not it's not a masterpiece. It's not a good. It's not like it's not like an exceptional documentary, but it's well told. Um, and the last thing going into recommendations um, is I watched a movie directed by David Lynch for Disney uh, called The Straight Story. And it's a movie about an old man whose brother has a stroke and he decides to ride a riding lawnmower um, across the state to go see his brother, who he hasn't seen in 10 years. Yeah, isn't it because, like, uh, isn't he doesn't drive because, like, his eyesight's too poor? No, his legs are... He's almost paralyzed. His legs are almost paralyzed. And he you know can't drive because he's an old man so he just builds a like a trailer hooks it up to a john deere tractor and drives across the country or drives across the state and it's so based on a true story it is based on a true story and it's very very good the performances sissy spacek puts on such a great performance and there's this one scene 
without spoiling anything, like where uh, the main character, I can't remember his name at this exact moment, but he's talking to somebody about his daughter who has some special needs, who's played by Sissy Spacek. And the way he's just like explaining how she had her kids taken away and like all this stuff is just fucking heartbreaking. You know, it's just, it's, I got goosebumps thinking about it. And I cried like a baby, (laughs) you know, it's a crying and crying. It's a movie I haven't seen all of, um, like, uh, cause I remember, uh, it was on, I saw parts of it cause it was on uh TV one day when, uh, uh, back before, uh, my grandfather passed, they used to, uh, uh, was it my grandma when she'd leave for a little bit, she used to have me hang out. Uh, was it just stay at the house and hang out with him? And there was one day he was watching it while, uh, I was doing like some work stuff. Uh, was it, so I was kind of passively watching, but I do remember specifically the ending really hitting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very very powerful, and it just kind of it's one of those movies where it doesn't have a climactic ending. It just kind of just kind of stops. Um, yeah, no, it's a very slow burn movie. Very slow burn, about two hours long, and also you'd think, oh, it's directed by David Lynch, so there's like somebody's head fucking explodes. No, Lynch doesn't always do that. Lynch can direct. Dr- Lynch directs old people masterfully. Like elderly I mean, people, as- he he treats them with so much respect and directs them with like a a level of expertise that is just unparalleled. I, as much as as much as I don't care for a lot of David Lynch movies, I will I will never say David Lynch is a bad director or filmmaker because he is top of his craft on a lot of what he does for sure. Yeah, he's pretty great. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm recommending this week is the Straight Story. Um, good luck trying to find it. Uh, the DVD is out of print and it's not on Disney plus. I'm not going to tell you how I watched it. Um, <laughs> Liam, what do you got for us? Well, I was going to recommend another YouTube channel this week. Right. And, uh, this channel is actually run by somebody who I do have contact with it or uh, contact with the channel is just called, it's literally just the guy's name. It's called Steve Baxi. Um, and essentially Steve Baxi is a, uh, philosophy teacher in, uh, South Carolina, and uh, he does video, and he does a series of videos on um, uh, was it comic books and uh, pop culture from a leftist perspective. So like he talks, uh, was it so uh, he's done videos on like toxic fandom, on um, the philosophy of endings. The toxic fandom known, one was a great video. Yeah, or one called uh, the philosophy of endings slash why I hate endgame. Um, he uh, uh, was it there's, and he also has other contributors like one of uh, his associates did a uh, video on um. Uh, was it did a video on a uh, BLM other one did a video on uh, feminism and how it's not a monolith. Uh, was it like some have been led to believe? Mm-hmm. Um, and no, we like, uh, he's insanely well-spoken and really smart. In fact, uh, and like, he has a great voice for uh, these uh, videos. A lot of them aren't very long, but they're very to the point and informative. Yep. I agree. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, some of discussions I've had with him in the past are part of what led towards me becoming a leftist. Yeah, so he was he was a part of Geekvolution, right? Yeah, he was a part of a channel, uh, Geekvolution, which is a channel I watch. I've watched since like I was ten years old. Oh. Um, and uh, he uh, started contributing through that, and then he branched off just because there were a number of things going on he w- that he wasn't cool with. And uh, he started reaching out to some fans who uh, was it some people who were fans of his. Uh, was it on his own channel? And uh, him and I uh, started talking through that. He has one patron. He has exactly one patron <laughs> yeah. on his page. But anyway, I recommend Steve Baxi. Steve, if you want to collaborate, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, 
All right, mine's mine's a little little weird. I mean, it's not weird, but it's like uh, I'm gonna be recommending like specific episodes of a podcast. Okay. Um, I'm sure everyone here knows who Rhett and Link are. Oh yes, I saw I'm your going... tweet this afternoon. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's basically what I'm gonna be recommending. I'm gonna be re- I'm recommending um, uh, Rhett and Link's what they call their spiritual deconstruction. So Rhett and Link, if uh, if you don't know, I don't know how you don't know, but they're they're, they're super <laughs> yeah. famous YouTubers. They do Good Mythical Morning. They've done like a lot of parody music videos and stuff like that. Um, and I've been always kind of tangent tangentially aware of them. I would occasionally watch their videos, but like wasn't like a diehard fan of any kind. Uh, and then recently, I was I was listening to interviews that Philip DeFranco was doing with a bunch of people, and I came across uh, one that he did with Brett and Link, and them responding to a lot of backlash they got for uh as they put it coming out as agnostic because mm-hmm. they were evangel evangelical christians they were uh raised that way and um on their podcast ear biscuits they told their stories of how they moved away from evangelical christianity um and more to a more agnostic point of the view- point of view in the world and i find those two episodes endlessly fascinating because like they both moved away because of completely different things like Rhett was a much more intellectual uh person i guess and like uh his his doubt started with like well these things don't add up the archaeological evidence doesn't support the old testament evolution is obviously true and all these sorts of more academic things that sort of uh that he was learning about and that kind of culminated in him questioning his religion whereas link um uh, apparently uh, much more emotional about his uh, drifting away because he made a friend who was gay and uh, apparently he had this moment where this person uh, hugged him and he really cared about this person so he wanted to hug them back but also there was this piece of his mind just in the back there telling him this guy's going to hell you oh. can't you need to reject this person right Apparently that's what kind of, that was apparently a big moment for him. And I, I just really love listening to stories about how people change their minds. And uh, I, I think both their stories are really, really interesting. The two episodes of the podcast are great. Right. Uh, and also the, the, and also the interview with Philip DeFranco is very good as well. So it sounds, uh, there's actually been a fair bit of that popping up lately as uh, one of uh, my favorite, favorite film critics recently uh, opened up about leaving the Jehovah's Witness growing up. Yeah, Stuckman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. An hour-long video, oh, okay. which I still have not yeah. watched. Oh, wow. but... Yeah, Chris Stuckman, and he did another interview for a YouTube channel specifically uh, dedicated to people who left the Jehovah's Witness faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he did a whole thing, and he's and it's from what uh, Link said, it sounds similar to reasons why uh, Stuckman left the, yeah. left uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, And they're both very uh, it, it, they're both very like introspective about it, and also very because they both still think like it's totally reasonable to like believe in a god, uh, and and they're they're still like they consider I believe both of them consider themselves agnostic. This this all happened like a year ago, mm-hmm. so I don't know where they are now, but like they're not bashing religion. They're not like laughing at religious people. They're just telling their stories of why they left the church, which I think is a really fascinating story. And not to be me. honest, I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of oh what is it was it we need a lot more things like that because. Uh, was it ag- being agnostic or being an atheist has been so stigmatized like thanks to assholes like Richard Dawkins of like uh, mm-hmm. if you're not of a faith you're just an asshole who goes around and bashes it and tries to directly ruin it for people where it's like right. no just because you believe in a higher power does not mean you're a trouble you're a bad person 
Yeah. Uh, it's like what I've I was that I've said this about religion as I have about many other things. It only becomes a problem when it starts to negatively affect others that are not uh, others around you. Agreed. Definitely. Um, cool. So those are our recommendations for this week. You'll be able to find the links for all those in the description down below. Um, yeah, that's that's the ingestion for this week. Uh, if you like what you heard, make sure you go and check us out uh, by going to patreon.com slash slenderlizard. Again, all those links are right beneath me on the screen, uh, so you should be able to go find them pretty easily. Um, go check that out. Maybe give us uh, give us some coins so we can keep doing the show for you and hear us talk about uh, other people we like, too, as well. Anyway, uh, so that's been the ingestion for this week. We're going to go for break, and we'll be right back. I mean, okay, like, they definitely were um, invading, but the movie frames it like, hey, man, we need some water. Can we get some water? And Leonidas is like, fuck you. No. <laughs> Earth and water. Earth. You'll find plenty of it down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. It's not like you were going anywhere because you're watching us on YouTube and or listening to this on the podcast. So we're back. Welcome us back. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yeah. Feel free at home to say welcome back, Christian, Liam, and Lucas. I'm sure we'd really appreciate that. Um, anyway, we're back. We we're can here. feel it. Yeah, we can feel it. I, I can tell that you didn't do it. That's Yeah, let's shame true. them. Let's shame our yeah, audience. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also said audience member. <laughs> Let's shame yeah. our audience member. Uh, Which one? <laughs> Liam, let's... Oh, to be fair, our YouTube videos have actually been getting like 40 or 50 views. So, like, you know, could you be go. could be worse. Anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Thundercast. We, the, today, we are going to be talking about Zack Snyder. Um, you know, born 19... March 1st, 1966. Is it... Uh, Zack Snyder is an American filmmaker. He made his feature film debut. I'm going to stop. Uh, We're just going to read the Wikipedia article. That's all this episode is. Wouldn't that be a bonkers <laughs> podcast? It's like if we just one day we just did a, a podcast where we just read a Wikipedia page. From no, no, no. We don't read it. We hire Ben Stein to read it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't hire Ben Stein. No, ben Stein's legit, a piece legit, of shit. Legit, there are YouTube channels, like history, like specifically I know of history YouTube channels where they just read the Wikipedia uh, article. And I know that because when I did History Abridged, people uh, accused me of just reading the Wikipedia article. Really? Like just just verbatim. And I'm like, you can read, you can look up the Wikipedia article. It's <laughs> it's very obviously not exactly what I said. I mean, I that was one of my sources, but sure. I rewrote it. <laughs> um. Anyway, Zack Snyder. Uh, you know the guy's got eight fucking kids. Um. Actually. Uh, yeah. Half well, of which are adopted. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. true. Anyway, he also uh, has eight movies. He also does have eight movies. Um, one thing yeah. I was going to say about uh, when it comes to us choosing to do this episode, part of it does come down to uh, with the release of a Snyder Cut coming out. We figured it would be fun to kind of revisit a lot of these, given that most of these films, I'm sure a lot of us, most of us saw in the theater. I don't think I've ever seen a Zack Snyder movie in the theater, actually. Really? Yeah. I've seen Mostly because I see the trailer, I'm like, that looks bad, and I don't see it. Um, um, but... <laughs> I was going to say that we, we figured that with this coming up and how Zack Snyder has become, oddly enough, one of the most talked about filmmakers of the of the past 10 years. You just remembered, I got to correct myself, I did see one of his movies in theater. That was The Legend of the Guardians. Really? Um, that was so cool, yeah. Um, but uh, what is it? Uh, we were thinking that uh, given Zack Snyder is such 
an enigma on so many levels. We figured it might make sense to try and break down his entire career in Uvra and figure out why is Zack Snyder? Why, why is, Zack, is Snyder? Zack Snyder? Welcome everybody to why. I mean, prob- is probably Zack because his parents had sex. Yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So what we're gonna do? Just lay out some rules. We're gonna go through his filmography from start to finish. Um. In order of all, all his all his feature releases, not his shorts. Yeah, his feature releases or TV shows. Yeah, we're not gonna deal with any of that stuff, um, or his music videos or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna go from <clears throat> from Dawn of the Dead to Justice League. We're probably not gonna talk a lot about Justice League because that's not really his movie. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so starting with Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is a remake of the George A. Romero film of the same name. Um, they could not be more drastically different. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's, I wouldn't even call, I would say that it's a reimagining. I wouldn't even call it a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, calling it a remake is kind of a slap in the face to Romero's. Here's saying that Dawn of the Dead is a, I love that movie. I think I love is a strong word. It's my favorite Snyder film. I'll tell you that much. It's a pretty, it's a pretty effective zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I was it. It does still have, uh, some things we would really come to know for about Zack Snyder. Yeah. Particularly mm-hmm. with his intro and uh, what, I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth because he's never really spoken about this, but where I assume his politics lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I remember I was, when I was younger, I was a really big fan of zombie movies, so it was kind of natural that I would fall into this. For, for a first feature film, is pretty impressive. Like, you know. That's true. I mean, for one, the, the cast, like Ving Rhames is a joy. He's just, he's so great. He's so fun in this. He's just like, he's just a big lumbering dude who's, you know, definitely soft on the inside and and whatnot. Also, you can't go wrong with a zombie baby. You don't really ever see zombie babies very often, (laughs) right? I will. I was going to say, I didn't get the chance to rewatch Dawn of the Dead before this. This is the only film I wasn't, I sadly didn't get the chance to. But like, memory serves me right. I just remember how kinetic this thing was shot. Like, uh, Particularly like that first ten minutes or so. Yeah, the the zombie they're they're running zombies, um, which is different yeah. than Romero zombies. Romero zombies are walking, lumbering, whatever. Um yeah, no, we get full on, full bore, twenty eight days later style zombies of running um just blood blood lust, you know, like need mm-hmm. that human flesh. Um, but yeah, it's pretty. The opening of that movie is pretty bombastic. Um, and I, I won't lie. There, there's one point that made that made me laugh out loud. Oh yeah, and that was when the dude got hit by the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so funny. Like I don't know. I, I find people getting hit by big cars very funny for some reason. <laughs> That's then pretty you, messed uh, up, the, dude. <laughs> then, then you should go watch the movie Hot Rod, which I've recommended <laughs> to you many times. That's true. I still haven't watched it. But like, and also, it's it's just like the the ambulance wasn't even moving that fast. I'm like that driver was not paying attention at all. Like that guy was just standing there. Yeah. Like you could have easily swerved and avoided him. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cause so she, it's her daughter that attacks her, right? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she gets knocked out, doesn't she? Well, she. It's been a while uh, since so she but... like, uh, her and her husband are like asleep, and then the door opens, and the husband's like, "Oh, kid, what are you doing? Go back to bed." And he goes over to see what's wrong with her. She has blood on her face. And he's like, oh, no, what happened? And she bites him. And then uh, what's her name? I can't remember the character's name or the actress's name. Um, uh, Anna, kinda, Clark. Anna Clark. Okay. Uh, 
And yeah, she kind of fights him, fights with him for a couple of minutes, and then gets out into a car, drives away, and eventually, eventually crashes. Right. Um, I think I'm on, I'm on a little bit of a different page than you guys. Uh, I thought this movie was very boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe it's just because zombie movies are old hat now, but like it was just every zombie movie trope like rolled into the same movie. Yeah. It was. It is. It was at the time. Um. It's well shot for sure. Like yeah, like what you said, it, be, it being kinetically like the the cinematography being very kinetic is definitely true. I think it was um, a it was it helped bring zombies be- really bring zombies to the oversaturation we got in the early 2010s. That's mm-hmm. what I was just gonna so, say. Yeah, it kind of brought zombies back from the dead. I was gonna say, and I think a lot of it is why uh, I have trouble going back and watching a lot of zombie movies because we had that whole long stint when Walking Dead came out where it was just zombie media. Mm-hmm. We were all we were getting zombie walks in the city and like yeah I was I'm pretty sure Calgary still has a zombie run each year I doubt it <laughs> I doubt it at this point maybe next year it'll be real <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, re- there were a lot of great performances I I do like how I think his name is Michael Kelly uh, uh, yep uh, he shows up in a lot of Snyder movies even just in smaller roles like he was in Man of Steel I think mm-hmm. I saw him had a line I can't remember which one it was but he shows up a lot which I I like him he was uh, Doug Stamper in house of cards before house of cards got ruined by kevin spacey but um <laughs> but I, I i like him i like his performance though his character is an absolutely awful person but yeah. uh he's only in man of steel and okay and uh, uh dawn of the dead but yes okay i, I don't I, I must I, yeah must have misrecognized someone. This but. movie also, if I'm remembering correctly, did, uh, was it really set a precedent for a lot of Snyder things that we would get moving forward, which is like the really saturated color and whatnot, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or at least like early Zack Snyder. As it went on, it started to become a lot more washed out. Mm-hmm. The the uh, one thing that I noticed in this movie is like during dramatic, serious moments when like mo- someone's saying something important, there's almost always an American flag waving in the background, <laughs> and that's very Snyder. That's very Snyder. If it's if it's not America, it's Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. You yeah, know, one that's one thing that we're going to talk about a lot, which is Zack Snyder and iconography. Man, mm-hmm. he's not subtle. He is not no. a subtle director whatsoever. I think. No, I'm. I remember seeing like someone uh, on Twitter. Uh, they posted a picture of a screenshot from Man of Steel, and it was like a good example of subtle subtle symbolism in a movie. And it was Superman sitting in front of a picture of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not subtle, bro. Okay. Also, <laughs> one thing I am going to make clear is uh, subtle. Uh, was it lack of subtlety is not always a bad thing. No, no, I no. agree. Just I agree. The way, just the way, uh, was it Snyder does it is that it's so on point that it might as well just be right on the tip of your nose yeah yeah it's like in your nose it's a covid test yeah. dude it's like yeah. right <laughs> up there. um yeah so i dawn of the dead is like for me personally i i still really enjoy it um i haven't seen it in about a year but i did watch it a lot when i was younger um i do think that yeah there's some stuff in there that has not aged well uh in the, like in the grand scheme of things um Though, having said that, you know, it was written by James Gunn, who was a know, very different poison person back there. I was just going to say that it, this was mm-hmm. a roughly around the same time as the tweets. So if you want to hear all about that, go back to, what is it, episode four of the podcast, War for mm-hmm. the Planet of the Gun or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's when we talked about we talked about War of the Planet of the Apes, and we also talked yeah, about James yeah. Gunn a lot. Um, um, but anyway, that was way back when. Uh, and so... 
yeah, they, like it was right in the you know post nine eleven like resurgence of zombies. Yep. Like there, it, it 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 definitely has a lot of those um, cliches from that time period of you know big tough guys fighting a a a, uh, a, a threat. Yeah, a mindless yeah. horde, a threat that you know mm-hmm. is unstoppable and blah blah blah. America, fuck yeah, everywhere, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And also just the bleakness of the ending, mm-hmm. right? It's an incredibly mm-hmm. bleak ending when you really like. Oh yeah. Aside from the aside from when they show up on the island, like when uh, what's his name? Michael? Is that his name? The guy who shoots himself? Yeah, when Michael. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Shoots himself. It's like, oh wow, what a fuck! Like the movie ends with a shot of Anna, and then you hear a fucking gunshot go off, and it's like, oh wow, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. come on, <laughs> like, give me some hope, right? <laughs> like they, they they give you a little bit of hope in that they got on the boat and they got away, but then during the credits, immediately take it away. Yeah, like, immediately <laughs> take it away. Children of men, this is not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's so. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, it says it, t- it took three months for them to shoot it, and it was shot in Toronto, mm. which I did not know. Um, director mm. director Zack Snyder storyboarded the film extensively, and like, I mean, is your first I mean, it's your first movie? Like, you're gonna fucking yeah, put I mean, your game. I on. do. I do believe that he did that because Zack Snyder really does love his storyboards or whatnot, and how he does and how he does those things. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This movie, I don't know. I did watch it for the first time for this, uh, and I won't lie. Partway through, uh, I'd put it on my second monitor and started playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. got very bored. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't, and so I may have missed some things, but ultimately, I don't know. I I didn't like it. I like. Yeah, it was just so boring. I mean, that's, that's all I. That's, that's all fair. I got. Yeah, it's also just uncomfortable it. watching it now. I assume just based on like the again post nine eleven imagery and like mm-hmm. uh, like even that opening credits or whatnot, where like the Johnny Cash music and whatnot, mm-hmm. where like they're showing all of that Middle East Middle East uh, conflict uh, whatnot, and it's just like this is kind of uncomfortable now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. This I mean, I say now because sorry, I say now yeah. because I was too young to understand what was going on with 9/11 when this movie yeah. came out. And there's there's this one scene where like Michael Kelly's character was like watching TV and like the news was playing and the new and it was like or not maybe not news but some like preacher or like pundit or something was talking about how this was a punishment for our sins for the horrors and the sluts and shit like that. And I was. And he and I, that didn't really go anywhere. No, like that was brought up as like and I as like something that people were talking about, and the character looked really invested, like while this was happening, and then it just never happened again. I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> that's definitely the Snyder um, politics coming into the into play. And I mean, because you can definitely tell just... he's he's Snyder's a Christian. There's no way. Er. Or yeah, at, at the very least, very culturally Christian. Culturally, I will say culturally. that guy is play, sorry. That guy that, that I will mention that the evangelical or the televangel televangelist there is played by Ken Foray, um, mm-hmm. who was in the original Dawn of the Dead. So that's oh, okay, a nice cool. little cameo. But sorry, Liam, what were you going to say? Um, I forgot. 
Oh. No. <laughs> um, should uh, we move into 300? Or... Sure, because 300 is probably the one we're going to probably talk about next to Watchmen. This is definitely the movie that cemented how we know Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's, this is... it's like, yeah, it's not, 300 is like Snyder, the Snyder movie. Yeah. This is where like... Zack Snyder really found his voice and his style. Mm-hmm. So we're also going to establish something real quick. Um, if you're listening at home, um, why not Why not play along with the Thundercast drinking game, which is every single time we say the name Zack Snyder, you have to drink. Um, <laughs> also, there is, uh, also this Snyder, is where Zach we Snyder. get into some popping up, um, some motifs for old Zach, Zack Snyder's uh, filmography and oeuvre. And so I'm going to put a trigger warning because uh, there are some troubling subjects that come up uh through them mm-hmm. and yeah content warning we're not really there's a yeah, lot we're not really gonna get into a lot a lot of it just because we're not the people qualified to extensively talk about these things but yeah. how was it they are worth discussing nonetheless for the purposes of analyzing each film uh it's funny yeah. you should mention that because i have i have a note here so just he i'll i'll mention my note and then mention what the content warning is for so um my uh, note is does Zack Snyder have any idea how to direct people who identify as women and like, <laughs> does he have any idea um, and I say that because the the characters sorry the, the people who portray women in his films are like they're always damsels or they're like they're never treated like or, people they're well, like the, the, there's there's like there's like a thin veneer of like being Eight, a strong woman and yeah. pathos and uh, mm-hmm. like so I guess uh, to get that right we'll talk about the rest of the movie in a minute but in 300 uh, the whole thing with uh, Queen Gorgo and uh, Dom- and Dominic West that's not in the comic book. not in the comic at all totally added yeah, oh, that, okay. that was actually that was put in because uh, they decided that like uh, there's not enough here to do a full length movie because the, com- the movie adapts the comic frame for frame essentially and the comic's mm-hmm. only like four issues Okay. So uh, they were like, we need a little bit more context to make this a movie. Yeah. And uh, there's this. Let's just say where there's one ass, and for the most part, I don't mind uh, Queen Gorgo's plot or whatnot. There's just this one element where I'm like, did we really need this? The sexual assault in the mid yeah. midpoint. Yeah. yeah. It didn't have to be there. It could have just been a political um, ploy. Like it could have been a political sabotage. Yeah. You didn't have to. I'm gonna say a couple. You didn't have to rape her. You didn't have yeah. that. That, that did, told, did not add anything to that character. It did not add anything to either of those characters. Um, what's who? I can't remember the character's name. Who like who, was it made to show that Dominic West really is a sadistic fuck? Yeah, exactly. It. Sorry. Uh, what's his character's name though? Dominic West played. I don't remember. Um, I don't, I'm just gonna call him uh, I'm a just fictional call corrupt him. Spartan pol- politician, not featured in the comic book. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so was sorry. Was there a name there? It's Theron. Theron. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I yeah, just no. heard you say corrupt Spartan politician. I'm like, did they not name him? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Theron and uh, Theron is not in the comic book. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. I believe uh, Queen Gorgo is only there in passing. Yeah. Uh, again, should. the whole comic just follows. Um. So uh, to explain the comic book is uh, just because I feel like it's important to give that some context, which is. The comic book was literally made in the 90s as uh, Frank Miller's campfire story or fisherman's telling of the, of the 300 Spartans. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it based on a film he saw as a kid called uh, The 300 or The yeah. 300 Spartans? It, the, the 300, I believe. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, for the most part, the movie does adapt it pretty faithfully. Like he uses the storyboards for, uh, the, uh, was it? He uses the comic panels for the storyboards and uh, he pretty much uh, directs the action and combat the way I would imagine anybody bringing that to live action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'll admit, I, I even... I still like 300. I still bad. think it's a very fun it's movie. Not bad. So, it's not bad. Uh, uh, one one note I do actually have about 300, which is that this whole style or whatnot of like uh, the way they tell these legends, I think arguably works for stories like this that are so far yeah. back in history. Yeah, yeah, and also and also because like even within the movie, it is framed as a campfire story. Yep. Like it starts with I can't remember the, the character's name, but the guy who was David uh, Wenham's uh, Faramir. Yeah. Faramir. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he it, the, at the beginning of the movie, it is framed as him telling this story, and I think that justifies a lot of the style, a lot of the fantastical elements, and I I I I, I really like that part of the movie. Yeah, I don't like the style really history. fits. Yeah, and, and even I like also a, sorry, go on. Even like uh, like things like Xerxes being like twelve feet tall. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and it's, uh, or it's, like it's great Spartan propaganda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's I funny, mean, you but... know, it's, I'm looking at my notes and one of my notes, because this is from like the beginning when I first started watching the movie, it says the least Snyder of all Snyder movies, question mark. And then later on in my notes, it's like, disregard the second note. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Like, I will yeah. say that this movie does still also have some of the troubling undertones of the comic book mm. of like the kind of anti-Muslim. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, was it for like, sure. Like there's even that boy loving line that should have been cut altogether, which is funny because Spartans were way worse than that than Athenians. Were. Yeah, um, <laughs> boy and, loving uh, line. I don't recall. It's yeah, like uh, when they're talking to I think the the Persian messenger, yeah. uh, Leonidas is like, well, even even those Athenians, those boy lovers, uh, turned you down. Oh right, um, right. Which again is ironic because Spartans encouraged uh, older male and younger male sexual relationships in their army. That's and so also, weird. we yeah. also can't ignore the fact that this movie was made and produced right at the same time and as a way to uh, promote the troops shipping off into Iraq. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like, uh, yeah, because like that warrior culture is what is what uh, the, the Spartans were, but also in a lot of ways what America uh, uh, like aspires to be, especially right after 9-11. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's. It's still fun. <laughs> it's very fun. Like I texted Liam last night when I was watching it, and I said, uh, even though it's mostly just pushing, that that very first battle when they go against the the is it the Persians, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is fucking great. <laughs> like, it is. Like it it's is. just pushing, um, yeah. and then it really and then it really ramps up there. Um, yeah, which is it's funny because like when I first started learning about the historical accuracy of three hundred, my first impression was the scene where they're just the two armies are just like pushing against each other i was under the impression that that was the more historically accurate part and when they break apart and start like fighting one-on-one -on -one, that was the less historically accurate part mm -hmm. i was mistaken it's actually the other way around oh. because armies did not just push against each other like they, that was an easy way to lose troops on both sides and eventually just be pushing on a mass of bodies right like that's not what they did um and then when they break apart and it's more chaotic that's usually how battles ended up eventually uh yep at least but, how I understand my history, that is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, well, I just I, I think I've said that somewhere that 
like that, but uh, it's actually the other way around like that. I remember when I we also, were in school, Lucas, and you used to tell me how accurate 300 was, and I was like, no. And then it's you surprisingly, like, <laughs> like, in terms of events, uh, it's it's surprisingly accurate. I believe it's just it. the de- it's the presentation and all of that, mm-hmm. like the Persians having, like, crab people and uh, elephants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... yeah I'm not, but they did have elephants, but I don't think they use elephants at Thermopylae. Um, yeah. And uh, there's also, uh, or like as Leonidas calls it, their magic at one point. Where they have like those bombs. Yeah, they're just, they're just black powder bombs. Um, <laughs> I, I, also, I uh, the Spartans would have seen it as magic. Yeah, also, I will. Uh, I won't be remiss if I do say as much as I hate the frat boy culture this movie inspired. Yeah, this movie true. has earned its quote its quotability lines like yes. uh, with the whole um, "We'll cover your skies in arrows, then we'll stick we'll to fight the shade." The shade. Um, Which, well, yeah, the thing by is, the way, the thing sorry, is, real quick, that scene mm-hmm. when you see that shot is fucking so. That's the that's Snyder's best shot he's ever done. Oh in, yeah, in, in, yeah, in for him sure. and him and I can't remember the the DP who worked on this. Um, he's worked with him a bunch. Larry mm-hmm. Fong, I think, is his name. Okay, yeah, Larry Fong. Um, that's such a great shot. Just like when the arrows the, are the coming thing, down. Oh. Yeah, but the thing is, I've, I've I've probably talked about this before, but some of the best lines in three three hundred, uh, we do not owe to the movie, we do not owe to the comic book, we owe to the actual Spartans. Yeah, or at <laughs> which least is so how... fucking crazy. Like like the whole the line "Earth and water, you'll find plenty down there." Actual thing said by Leonidas. Yeah. Uh, our arrows least... will blot out the sun, then we'll fight in the shade. Actual thing said by a Spartan soldier. Hmm. And when Queen Gorgo said, uh, "Because only." Uh, only Spartan women give birth to real men. Not a thing said by her, but was a, a common sentiment in Sparta. Hmm. And there are more. Like there, there are more. Those are things that, like actually, Spartans apparently actually said. Oh man, I believe it. Yeah. And also, I will say that uh, Lucas and I talked a little bit about this on break. One thing I will not take away from Zack Snyder, though I wasn't, is that he knows how to set up a shot and block it out. Mm-hmm. He knows yeah. how to make something look like just really capture the eye and excite an audience. Like that's one thing I don't think we can ever take away from him is at least when it comes to action or things like this. Yeah. He's a very good visual director. I, I would agree. Cause there's mm-hmm. um, that bit where Leonidas is, is where it's a one minute long shot and it's tracking him as it like slows down as he's running and then speeds up when he's like hitting them and stuff mm-hmm. like that very much shows how Snyder likes to make movies in that it's there are the moments of slowness and then there's the bombastic and then the moments of slowness and Mm -hmm. just like that very smooth once over you know yeah Mm -hmm. also one thing we'll probably also talk about a little later is that despite how Zack snyder clearly makes movies for the big screen one thing he has really figured out that a lot of directors haven't uh, was it who tend to do the same as he knows how to shoot it in a way where they also work really well for the small screen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you. That's a really good point. Cause I watched, um, I bought a copy of 300 last week. So it was $7 and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> like seven bucks or I'll buy it. And so I got it on DVD and I watched it on my, la- on my computer, just on my monitor here. And it still looks great. Still yeah. like, oh, yeah. I didn't have any problem with it whatsoever. I yeah. Mean, I think, also- I think personally, I think 300 is my favorite Snyder movie. Um, and I, I, it's a movie I genuinely enjoy, even if I have a lot of problems with it. Yeah. Uh, and I've, but, but though I do think part of it is the actual history, not necessarily the movie itself. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's, that's yeah, no man. Most of my problems are, uh, mainly just with most Snyder movies, even ones I like are mainly where my social politics get in the way. 
<laughs> um, like particularly as we talked about how uh, we really didn't need that aspect of the Queen Gorgo story. Yeah, I agree. That like the Queen Gorgo storyline is like fine, but it's also probably it's it's the most boring part of the movie. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a problem with them expanding on her or whatnot. And like, yeah, for sure. In fact, uh, one thing I will uh, was we'll talk about this later with uh, Zack Snyder, which is as much as he does do the whole, uh, uh, was it a uh, fetishization or whatnot of like of like women or whatnot or all of that, he seems a little equal opportunist in some ways. Like, oh. notice how he very much fetishizes the male body or whatnot and just the human body's figure, and like he's not a yeah. I mean that that's more of a power fantasy i think than like a sexualization not that yeah, it's not a sexualization but i think it's more on the power fantasy side yeah yeah i'm just saying that like that is one thing to take into account it's not a defense by any means but it is something i yeah, was sure. thinking about the other day well because he, yeah, he I'll, went I'll, on record I'll, I'll, I'll... sorry go on uh, i was just gonna say he went on record of saying when he made sucker punch he was like well i already did the all hot male thing so i might as well do mm -hmm. the hot girl thing you know oh yeah and one i, I want to kind of add on to what you guys are saying here is uh i'm skipping ahead a little bit but like man of steel is like the only movie i can think of where the the love interest the woman love interest is like 10 years older than the than the male lead yeah yeah, yeah. the only movie i can think of that that doesn't happen often but is she I just, I just is lois much older no, I mean uh, like Amy, Amy Adams, Amy is, Adams is is like uh, nine years older than Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill uh, okay. was thirty when that movie came out. Amy Adams is like was like forty. Yeah, she's um, like nine to ten years older or something like that. Yeah, no, and I do, uh, and I will say I do respect at least the idea of Zack Snyder trying to give some form of pathos or whatnot. But problem is that his execution is the equivalent of what a fourteen-year-old boy thinks feminism is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what else so, do we got to say about three hundred? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, should we move into Watchmen? Uh, yeah, because I don't really have much else to say other than, like, mostly just my notes are hype stuff. Like, that rhino bit, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. Um, yeah. why oh, the uh, and the uh, the whole, um, when Persians are sent, when the Persians show up and they say, Spartans, drop your weapons. Then he throws a spear and says, Persians, come and get them. Again, an actual thing that was said <laughs> at an actual battle, yeah. which is... Imagine like lining up to, for a battle and then you say drop your weapons and they're like come and get them. I'm <laughs> I'm leaving. Like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not come, not going to get those weapons. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to touch on uh, while we're here because it will come up a lot is Snyder is a very like his movies the sound design is fucking awful. It's mm. it's really bad cuz like mm -hmm. for example Xerxes why the fuck does Xerxes sound like that? Like They're trying to make his voice all deep. Yeah, but it's like just it sounds like an echo, and yeah. it's very peculiar. It's, and it sounds like they added reverb and then pitched down the reverb. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is, there's times where because I am kind. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed in Legend of the Guardians when, like, because I again I was watching with my headphones on, so like there'd be times where like a character on camera would be coming up behind the camera, you know, like. What they'd be, yeah, whatever. So they'd be, um, but it would sound like they were in front of you, and I'd be like, yeah. "That's awful. It's <laughs> terrible sound design. <laughs> Don't even fucking there try." Was, there was a moment I noticed. I think it was in Dawn of the Dead where someone was reloading a gun, and the sound effects did not match up to, to no. the actions on screen at all. Yeah, like you hear, you heard like the slider come back, and they hadn't even touched the slider yet. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, I. Not good. Now, he's almost worse than Nolan. 
Almost. <laughs> Nolan, I don't Nolan's... think anyone's worse than Nolan. <laughs> yeah, almost. Um, anyway, yeah, we can move on to Watchmen. Uh, oh, so, with Watchmen, uh, one thing I'm not going to hold any qualms about, which is, for the longest time, Watchmen was one of my favorite movies. Which, uh, because I that's what... I was at 15 year old Liam understood was a perfect adaptation just being as accurate as possible but right. <laughs> watching it again as an adult the presentation is fairly troubling or at least like his presentation of it is Snyder shoots the Watchmen with so much grandeur or whatnot that, that again that's kind of a problem that's not particularly, what yeah, that's not what the characters are like at particularly all. when it not really the characters particularly when it comes to action or whatnot and stylization as nice and be- and pretty as that movie looks uh was it dave gibbons and alan moore intentionally uh like if you go and read uh the notes alan moore had for dave gibbons or whatnot they're like pages worth of details described for one panel but it always came down to keeping it simple and keeping it not very glorified or stylized right Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this does come into the way Snyder frames some characters. Which version? Sorry, I do need to get Lucas? my charger because I forgot to plug it in. Oh yeah, go for it, Liam. Um, um, I think I've I've talked to Liam a little bit about this, but like, yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that, the tone is really weird in Watchmen. Yeah, how so? Like at at, at times it's like uh, really somber, and the violence is like horrible, and like terrifying and painful uh and then other times seemingly for no reason the violence is framed as like cool and fun like when they're breaking rorschach at a prison yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like in, in a lot of different ways like that but like where the whereas the assassinations where the guy try quote-unquote tries to assassinate ozymandias like the violence is portrayed as horrible right and and stuff like that but then it seems like that it's just, it like it didn't really seem to be a real reason as to why the violence was being framed differently. I think uh, oh, I'm just gonna. Are we talking about the uh, Ozymandias assassination scene in that? And that, that that as compared to something like the when they're breaking Rorschach out of prison. Um, yeah. No, I was gonna say with the Ozymandias thing. When you watch the uh, the extent the ultimate cut, mm-hmm. he puts put some shots back in there, like when he's attempted to be sa- assassinated versus this really unnecessary shot where his secretary's hand explodes because somebody yeah. shoots a bullet right through. Yeah. That must've been the version I watched. Cause I remember that. Yeah. yeah that's the director's cut and ultimate cut. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the director's cut is probably the one that you're uh, most likely to come across at this point. Um, I think it's pretty hard to find on home video, the, um, the theatrical version. Um, I think you could, right now you could probably only really find the the director's cut or the ultimate cut. And it makes sense to talk about those versions because they're the closest to what Zack Snyder intended to release. Yeah, and those yeah. are the ones that I think we Liam's seen. I've never seen the ultimate cut. Um, I have seen the uh, um, director's cut a number of times. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Watchmen overall was pretty okay. I haven't read the comic. Uh, it's a or the graphic pretty... novel, but. It's a pretty decent adaptation, I'll call it. But thing is that, mm. like, oh, is it one thing that Zack Snyder really loses? And I don't know how much of this is him or how much of it is, like, uh, knowing what audiences want is he kind of loses the whole schlubby, middle-aged illusion of grandeur thing when makes everybody really hyper-competent. Mm-hmm. Like in the comics, Dan Dryberg, uh, Night Owl, is a person who can only feel like a man if he's playing with his toys or uh, go in the sense of, like, flying a ship and going off and uh, doing that stuff. Right, mm-hmm. Like, which is part of why, like, when uh, 
uh, Laurie tries to come onto him, he can't even hold an erection. Right. Um, and in the movie, like, he's really, despite the fact that Pat Wilson did put on weight for the role or whatnot, like, once he's in the suit, it is just, like, hyper-stylized combat. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And, and also, speaking of kind of those, uh, that character in those moments, am I the one who finds it extremely cringy that they played Hallelujah over a sex scene? Oh, God, yeah. It was... I, also, I that like scene it. is supposed to be really awkward because you have um, this mm -hmm. really nerdy, dweeby guy with like this a lot more like uh, open, like a uh, woman or whatnot, like really coming on. It should be like super awkward, but it's portrayed as like super romantic and uh, really sexy. Mm -hmm. And like when the fire comes out of the owl, like <laughs> or what's the ship's call ship's name again? Archie. Archie, Archie, yeah. When the fire comes, I was like, "Come yeah. on!" Yeah, I was, I was like, "There's that Zack Snyder subtlety." Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing uh, I will say is, uh, or one thing I will say about uh, this movie that I will never take away from it is, for the most part, despite how uh, Zack Snyder made some changes in age from the source material, the casting is really on point. Like, mm -hmm. Pat hmm. Wilson is a great Dan Dryberg. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is kind of a perfect comedian. Perfect, almost. Yeah, he, he was very good. And then uh, base, and then and later he reprised that role in The Walking Dead. Yeah. And um, <laughs> who is it? Um, uh, Billy Crudup as Doctor Manhattan, mm. um, which is such a weird pick, but it surprisingly works. Yeah, it's it's and, wild. But then again, the like one, how much of that is like like Crudup in when he's the full bore Doctor Manhattan? Just you kind of get lost. It's I in a good way like he, he definitely gets so lost in that character like you can't even recognize him anymore you know mm -hmm. um yeah i i maybe may, i don't know if Watchmen was kind of the originator or early on it but like i don't really like the trope of like the super smart villain who's like oh i predicted all of this sort of thing i oh, I, the, the I comic like... is a commentary on that because it's a okay. comic about comics mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. in fact that's why as the whole thing where he's like i'm not a comic book villain I triggered it 40 minutes ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. But like the whole, the whole idea of like the villain being so smart that he can accurately predict what everyone's going to be or what everyone's going to do. I personally don't like that trope. So that, I didn't really I, like that reveal at the end, but yeah. Well, the, when I was just talking about the casting, Matthew good and uh, as Ozymandias and um, uh, what's her name? Malin Ackerman as um, Silk Spectre are the only two people who I thought were miscast. Hmm. Like, the biggest thing is that in the comics, when you realize that Adrian Veidt is behind everything, it's a big surprise because he's, like, charismatic and dripping with uh, a love for humanity or whatnot. Well, I'm like, this guy has madness and manipulation in his eyes. Mm -hmm. There's a dark tinge to every line he delivers. So who yeah. would you have cast in? in who I would cast as irrelevant to the text of a film. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I don't know, to be honest, from that time period. I haven't really thought about it. In fact, who'd you, um, who'd you do in your fan cast? I've never done a fan cast for Watchmen. Oh, I thought you did. In fact, Watchmen but... is a material I have trouble talking about because I feel like it's too big for me mm. because there's so much in that. Why was yeah. Alan Moore uncredited on the movie? Because he refused to sanction it or involve himself. He, uh, Alan Moore hates Watchmen, as, uh, what is it, uh, in retrospect. Like the book? Yeah, he hates the fact that it popularized the whole dark superhero thing. Oh, Where he's right. like, come on, we're mm. dudes in tights punching each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And then, uh, the one I was the one thing everybody remembers from this movie, which is kind of troubling. Doctor Manhattan's no. big dong. No, <laughs> no. Uh, how did I yeah. know a twelve-year-old comment like that was going to? Liam, 
You've been doing the um, show for 52 episodes. <laughs> yeah, and I hope, and I thought you might have grown up by now. Nope. Um, nope. But that's, uh, uh, what is it, probably the best performance in the movie, Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. everybody likes the Batman vo- voice he's kind of doing. I think it works for reasons I'll talk about a little later. Um, but I told, texted Lucas this the other day. Zack Snyder clearly thinks Rorschach is a lot more cool and admirable than Alan Moore or any sensible person thinks he should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's that was, for that was sure. something that, that was like rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. Like Rorschach being framed as like this cool and, and admirable, like you said, like person where I'm like, everything he says is horrible. Yeah. Every, like, yeah. <laughs> Rorschach is essentially a stand-in for like early versions of a question or Miss or Mr. A, which was Steve Ditko's uh, was an Ayn Rand superhero. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Alan Moore has gone on record saying Rorschach's a fucking psycho, and anybody who agrees with him is a fucking psycho. Yeah, no, because because he's <laughs> he's wrong in a lot of cases. You know. Yeah. He kills like yeah. I mean, he killed a pedophile, but like still, you don't kill those dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you really, you really pushed it a little far there, Rorschach. Also, they change what he did to the guy from the comic. Right. Mm. In the comic, uh, Rorschach um, uh, cuffs the guy to a, uh, to a pipe, lights his house on fire, leaves a saw out of reach, and says, like, this is the chance you left that little girl. And mm. in a movie, due to Zack Snyder access, he just has him slam his head in with a meat cleaver. Right. I mean, as much as, like, that is one scene where, like, I don't, know what to take away from it i find it horrifying but i don't know what uh, other people think of that yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, he's, he's he's just he's just a vigilante like, like he's just an extremist like <laughs> yeah he's a person who took his own worldview too far like yeah in fact i would say that i think this portrayal of rorschach is kind of what led to the uproar of the hbo show of like people being all mad where it's like, oh, Rorsch- you turned Rorschach into a fascist alt-right uh, crazy person. I'm like, that's what he is. I have not read the comic. <laughs> I, I haven't read the comic, but I, I got that off of the Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> it was just is. framed weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, but I will, I, but I stand by like Jackie Earl Hurley, Jackie Earl Hurley probably gave one of the best performances he's ever given. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, he, 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 was he was great. He committed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really liked his performance in the moment when the cops took his mask off. Oh yeah, like that, that was like it was face. chilling. That's yeah, yeah. Or even when he's in the, or even when he's talking to the psychologist or whatnot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's just, yeah, and like, well, what? Yeah, he looks like the character from the comics. He sounds how I read him. A lot of people apparently didn't have that. Um, but uh, that does lead into one thing that's really interesting about this movie is Zack Snyder. Oh, but wait, I feel like Zack Snyder tried to do this movie, make this movie as being a movie about movies and comic books, kind of like how the movie is about uh, comic books or kind of like how a comic is about comics. Right. Like notice how the co- costumes look very Batman and Robin. Like mm-hmm. some of the costumes even have nipples on them. <laughs> notice how um, the, uh, notice how uh, the war room looks like Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. And even his music choices, like uh, the sound of silence. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, what's that? Uh, what is it? Uh, Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I think what I've come down to on this viewing is that I do still enjoy the movie, but it seems Zack Snyder is more, it's clear that he has a lot of reverence and love for the material. But the thing is that he doesn't really seem to understand the material, at least fully. And, or, and he's just more fascinated by the idea of Watchmen and its iconography. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. 
I haven't read the cam- I haven't again. I haven't read the comics, so I can't like fully comment on how well it does there. But it did just kind of feel off a little bit to me. There also uh, are some changes that, like for the most part, it's very accurate, with the exception of some fight scenes thrown in. But they completely changed the ending, which a lot of fans of a comic hate. I don't have mm. a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it either. Like, I think it works well enough for the film. Yeah. The comic's old enough now. Basically, what happens is uh, Ozymandias conjures up a giant space octopus alien thing. Yeah, he oh. wasn't replicating Dr. Manhattan's power as a way to um, try and uh, frame him for killing everybody. It was to create a fake alien invasion to, um, uh, was it to trick the world into peace. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I think uh, what they did for the movie... Like a, it's, like, effectively the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, the point. It's, it's, it's that... Yeah. It's essentially the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and Zack Snyder has even said, like, given that there was a lot riding on this project, he was like, I don't think audiences are going to buy a big, giant squid in the film. <laughs> like, you're already throwing a lot at people if, who haven't seen Watchmen or haven't read Watchmen. Because like they throw a lot of information at you at the in that opening sequence, mm-hmm. like that. Like I didn't know what was going on at first, and then I, I kind of caught on. But like with the newspapers and stuff, and like yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like the, they're, they're, like that that sequence is essentially like showing where like history that like, diverged in right. their timeline versus our timeline and right. stuff. In, in fact, but, uh, I yeah. think uh, that opening credits that catches everybody up is probably the best choice Zack Snyder made for this. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, like they do uh, throw the, a lot of information at you, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, just that's one thing that shows what Zack Snyder is really good at: visually mm-hmm. showing what's going on without anybody talking. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how the comedian was kind of respond was uh, was it helped cover up Watergate and shot JFK? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or like uh, Silk Spectre being involved in the bombing of Hiroshima. Yeah. Um, and like uh, just all of that, like. Like, again, that opening credits might be my favorite scene Zack Snyder has ever shot or put together. It's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, that's Watchmen. Uh, unless you have anything else yeah. you want to say about it. Yeah, no, I, again, talking about Watchmen for me is hard because it's a material that's so much bigger than all of us. And, like, there's so much on it that, like, I don't think I'm qualified to really talk about the <laughs> comic or any of that. <laughs> okay. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. Which I yes. watched for the first time yesterday. I had never seen it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it, it's a very it's a very basic fantasy movie. It's it yeah, it's just such with a bare, owls. Exactly. It's such a bare bones like mm-hmm. cuz it's based off of a kid a 16 15 kids novels or something mm-hmm. like that of which the movie inter- adapts the first 3 and like which watching it really showed i have not read those books they were all over the place when i was a kid and uh i know i had one friend growing up who said i remember when he saw the movie he said i think this might be a decent movie but it's not i was but it's not a very good adaptation of these books that's fair Mm. yeah it oh pardon me uh i yawned for those of you listening at home (laughs) uh yeah it it doesn't really give and leave anything to be desired it just kind of just it serves its purpose as, uh, you know, if you had kids and you wanted them to shut up for four, for an hour and 45, you slap mm-hmm. that movie on. Well, here's yeah. the thing. This movie does what I wish a lot more kids' movies would do, which is making kids' movies with a bit more of an edge, kind of like The Secret sure. of Nim or, yeah. mm. like, in fact, I actually found that kind of kind of admirable, like when, uh, uh, I forget the character's name, Sam uh, Neil L- uh, 
Sam Neill owl gets like pulled in by those bats and devour Lo- and like Lorenz- you never see him again. Lorenzo or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the original leader of the Legends of the Guardians and has now working um, with the purebreds. Yeah. Also, uh, watching it last night made me think, why doesn't Snyder do more animation? Like, he seems to have a really good voice for it. Yeah, Liam yeah I, some of the scenes look great. Liam and I touched base last night about this, and I agree. Because when you go into, like, the later Snyder movies, they might as well have been animated. Like, yeah. Sucker yeah. Punch, those, those dream sequences, they could have been animated. Like, yeah. that would have been kind of neat, but... Um, Man of Steel probably could have been an animated movie. Yeah, by the know? end of Man of Steel, we'll and we'll get to Man of Steel in a bit. Don't you wait? Oh yeah. Uh, kind of looks like by the end, kind of starts to become a Ma- a Max Fleischer cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a little much. But yeah, Legend of the Guardians is fine. Yeah, um, I, I like, don't really have much to say. This is the only I, one I've seen in theaters because uh, I didn't even know it was a Zack Snyder movie at the time. My family's like, we should see a movie. No, I'll like, there's an animated as, owl movie, sure. I'll <laughs> go as far as to say I kind of enjoyed it a little bit just because mm-hmm. it kind of made me think of A Secret of Nim or whatnot. And, like, uh, I didn't just, hate it. Yeah. Like back when kids' movies had a bit more of an edge, like I think the whole voice cast is great. Like mm-hmm. I will say that this is kind of where the Snyder movies start to go down this is where the seams start to yeah where you start to see the seams things start Um, to kind of get torn apart no um but do you guys agree about like legends of the guardian like i'm amazed they got the voice cast that they did and all of them like really like well i mean jim sturgis just has an amazing voice yeah he yeah he's good as soren um i don't know anything about the source material so i can't really be much of a judge i mean just like even the guy who voiced uh what's his brother's name uh clud yeah, you know, even that guy or like, there, yeah. yeah, like just like the anime. What really made that movie for me was the animation and the voice cast. His name's Ryan. Definitely Ryan Kowatin. He's in uh, okay. True Blood. Um, <clears throat> but then you also have what is his name? Joel Edgerton as yeah, as Metalbeak. Metalbeak. Yeah. I'm um, Helen Mirren as of the Evil Queen, whose name escapes me. Jeffrey Rush as Ilzebub. Or Ills. I I did not even recognize Jeffrey Rush. I love that guy. Yeah, uh, he plays two characters. <laughs> actually, well, he plays one character. But um, who is it? It's uh, that's Hugo Weaving plays two characters. Yeah. Oh, nice. Noctis and Grimble. Noctis yeah. being okay. uh, Soren and and Clud's dad. Mm. And then mm-hmm. he plays um, Grimble later, who is one of the bad owls. Yeah. You know, yeah. And... Over overall, it's it's fine. Like I I I don't like have any particular affection for it, but like neither do I have any like uh, animosity toward. Yeah. toward you it. know, in fact, to be honest, that's kind of a thing I would more so go towards showing kids or whatnot, especially now where like uh, there's a lot more stuff where like everything so sanitized for kids because we're kind of back to that point we were in the '90s where we're so people are so delicate about protecting kids' sensibilities or like this might scare mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. Like how in Big Hero Six you can't even say the word kill. Yeah, or uh, dead. Yeah, or, yeah, or, that movie uh, would have been would have been significantly better if they would just say those words. You know they're gonna tie them like, into the Marvel universe. Apparently, I read. Really? Yeah, like as the MCU. It's kind of weird. Huh. Um, they are MCU characters. I know, yeah. not MC. No, they're Marvel characters, not MCU. Yeah. Well, we're not getting. Or, sorry, yeah, yeah. Either way. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, that's Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Kahul. And now. And. Okay. Here is the first so, sign that that Vera might be a bit of a problem with <laughs> Zack Snyder. Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about the Snyder movie that made me the most angry of all of the second. Eh, no, probably most angry out of all the Snyder movies. 
Sucker Punch. Um, yeah. It's the only movie he's done that's an original concept. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote it with this guy named Steve Shibuya, um, who is probably not a real human being. <laughs> like, there's a <laughs> lot of rumors. Yeah, there's rumors I, that he's not actually a, hu- a person. That he really? doesn't I exist. have a feeling <laughs> that this movie was really just written by Zack and Deborah Snyder. The guy's name is Shibuya. <laughs> like, has he has he worked on anything else? Nope. No, ah, I looked okay. it his, up. Uh, I, we have not Wikipedia seen this guy page, since. His Wikipedia page has one line, <laughs> and it says, it says Steve Shibuya is an American screenwriter. He co-wrote the screenplay for the 2001 film Sucker Punch, along with director Zack Snyder. That's it. Hmm. It's got one line. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, right. So this is. I'm gonna. Oh, it's, por- it's, por- to- it's pornography. It's 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 a pornographic <laughs> film. Yeah, no wonder I saw sense. this movie in the theater when I was 14 years old and enjoyed it. Because if this feels like it was made and directed by a 14 year old horny yeah. boy, it, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's somehow somehow pornographic without any nudity. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and if, if this could have just been a series of music videos, that would have been really cool. Okay, but so he decided to make a movie out of it. I have my biggest complaint with with Sucker Punch is that. The framing device totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. If this and it doesn't if, make any sense, if it had been just the dream sequences and it was like a mini series and it was like, look at this cool badass um, group of 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 women who are going and like saving the world, that would have been fucking cool. But you yeah, have to make like, like with that thing, it's like some sort of fantasy time travel concept. Yeah, like, that would have been cooler. Yeah. That they do been it like heavy metal or love deaf and robots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember when uh, they were when. Uh, uh, was it back when Tim Miller and David Fincher were trying to do a heavy metal movie? Zack Snyder was one of the people who they tried to court to do a short for them. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for for those of you who don't know what Sucker Punch is about, it's about this girl um, named Baby Doll. Um, that's all we know her as. That's all we know yeah. her as, uh, played by Emily Browning, uh, who witnesses her mother's death, which is suspicious considering her stepfather probably murdered her um, or had cancer or something. It's not very exp- explained well. And then her stepfather, now widowed, kills her sister, her younger sister, and then frames her for the murder, and then sends her off to a uh, a uh, asylum. Um, where run she... by a pre-famous um, Oscar Isaac. It's not really run by Oscar Isaac. He's or, just I mean, a, like, he's well, an he's orderly, the... but mm-hmm. he's like the he's the guy in charge. He's the nurse ratchet, um, yeah. and he basically puts the forges the um the the order to have her lobotomized um and the movie essentially takes place in her mind of her okay so that's that's the setup then after that she envisions the entire uh facility as a brothel where they dance and whatnot but then it goes even further where baby doll whenever she dances has these weird dream sequences that make very little sense, but are very fucking fun. And here's <laughs> the thing. Cool. It, also, here's the here's where the big problem really really comes starts to come across, which is that this is an interesting idea, kind of a whole Alice in Wonderland with machine guns type of a thing. The problem is that we don't know anything about Baby as a character whatsoever, or anything no. any of her drive. We know nothing whatsoever. So all of these just feel like. Are, feel like what they are, Zack Snyder's fantasies and yeah. Uh, showcase. Yeah. And, yeah, you never, like, it would have been cool if we got to see her dance. 
like at least once mm. so we we get some context. But we'd all get hypnotized. <laughs> she literally just goes like this. Yeah. And then, those... and then the and then the action scenes start. Yeah. And there's that and like and then that that like wise man mm -hmm. uh, yeah, played Scott, by a guy yeah. Scott Scott yeah, Glenn. I, the first I'm like when when that first popped up I'm like why is Leonard Nimoy in this movie? <laughs> They're like wait that's not Leonard Nimoy. You yeah, know, it's uh, Jack Crawford from Silence of the Lambs and yeah, Stick yeah, yeah. from uh, Daredevil. I yeah. lost my shit the first time you meet him. I thought it was so funny when he's like you need four things. You need a map, a knife, fire, and a key. And she's like thing. she's like that's four things. And he's like the fifth is a mystery and i just <laughs> lost my shit i was like fuck off fuck you movie yeah if this had just been if they had like simplified this and just made it like a weird like steampunk fantasy adventure movie like just hot girls killing people like killing monsters and stuff like that would have been perfectly fine it, like, it would have been, been more good and quite no but quite frankly it would have been more honest at the very least it would have been probably more empowering than mm -hmm. what it is so this movie yeah, boasts yeah. like a lot of it's there's a lot of criticism about how this movie portrays women and mm -hmm. and quite frankly i agree with a lot of those criticisms because yeah. there is a lot of sexual assault in this movie um towards women there's a lot of violence towards women and and snyder has said that what did he say he's i, I got it on the wikipedia hold on let me pull right up now. the uh i've got the quote here his i got it liam he said um I'm always shocked that it was so badly misunderstood. I always said that it was a commentary on sexism and geek culture. Someone would ask me, why did you film the girls this way? And I'd say, well, you did. Sucker Punch is a fuck you to a lot of people who will watch it. Okay, so... That doesn't even make sense. Sorry, right. I got another... I want one one other quote I want to read from Zack Snyder from when he was making the movie. Okay, yeah, so this is post-movie, right? So this is, yep. this is in defense of his film, what mm -hmm. I had just said. Um, Liam is going for the offense <laughs> yeah this is what Zack snyder said in an interview while the movie was coming out and while he was promoting um uh, legend of the guardians um though it is fetishistic uh and personal i like to think that my fetishes aren't that obscure who doesn't want to see girls running down the trenches of world war one wreaking havoc like i don't <laughs> like... no i mean like world war the trenches of World War One were a bad place. Yeah, and also like, <laughs> didn't didn't have steampunk zombies. Um, yeah, but did you guys notice that like the very the hot the massive amount of lack of blood, like the I think yeah. the part of why they had the steampunk zombie things was so that um, there was because whenever they shoot one of them, the steam starts going off. You mm -hmm. could tell Snyder wanted it to be blood, and then the studio was like, <laughs> Oh, no, it nah. was originally reported that this thing had an R rating, but they uh, they stepped in and said, like, yeah, you it needs to hit a PG-13 quota. Because we got to get those young boys in. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of other criticisms here. Like, um, what was the one I sent to you guys yesterday? I think it was from... Uh, Sorry, I'm I'm looking for it in the. No, I remember I remember you talking about it. I can't remember. Uh... Oh, here it is. I saw uh, Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune stated that Zack Snyder must have known in pre-production that his greasy collection of near-rape fantasies and violent revenge scenarios, disguised as a female empowerment fairy tale, wasn't going to satisfy anyone but himself. And mm -hmm. 
I agree because <laughs> I, I, I wrote on my letterbox, I wrote a very long review <laughs> that was very, very angry. Um, I gave the movie one star out of five, you know, <laughs> which is, you know, cause it was still, some of it was still competent. Um, anyway, I, I said, well, he's, when he said his whole thing about, um, it being about sexism and geek culture, it's like, you can't make a movie about sexism in geek culture and geek culture and sexism without it inherently being about feminism, <laughs> like, and it inherently mm. being about female empowerment. Like they, that. They go together. They're, they're, this movie like, also <laughs> perpetuates a troubling thing that comes up with male gaze when they try to, uh, uh, what it, when uh, men try to uh, depict, uh, whether it be for good intentions or not, ideas of uh, sexual assault or like feminism, which is that, and Game of Thrones especially really brought this back into the talking point, which is, and I hate to sound like the feminist killjoy, but when um i was the whole thing where like you only become really strong or empowered once you've faced an act of atrocity or trauma yeah yeah, yeah. and that's something i find really troubling and it's something that mm -hmm. we still sadly haven't gotten away from that's the genesis yeah. of this movie is all these yeah. women f face trauma pretty extreme amounts of trauma and are now but here's the thing they're not actually empowered none of them are because they're all they're only empowered in baby doll's mind Right, mm. and even then, when John Hamm does the whole ping pow um, in her in her face, she he even says, "Did you see that look on her face? It's almost like she wanted me to do it." Yeah. So, the reason why she wanted to do it was so that she didn't have to think about any of that shit anymore. You know, like because that that's not empowerment. That's that's trauma. That's pure amounts of of. Like you can't come back from a lot of the stuff that she went through within that, as Oscar or as John Hamm says in that week, because everything that happened in her fantasy happened in the the the. I don't like to say insane asylum, but this insane asylum. Yeah. Um, and but, something a quote that I think is kind of relevant to this situation um, is weirdly enough from a D and D show. This is a line that somebody improvised, but I think it's. Uh, uh, applicable to the situation uh, pain doesn't make people it's love that makes people the pain is inconsequential and it's love that saves them hmm. Hmm. which I think is uh, very very accurate to things like this like when you when you suffer a tragedy or trauma or something like that that doesn't make you stronger like learning from it can make you stronger but the pain itself only brings you down for a time right and you, do, you and you need, and yeah and then you need to clamber your way back up like it's it could like the challenge in climbing back up sure might make you stronger it also might break you like and it's it's people's support that gets you out right of that yeah hole. it's like whereas, whereas it, suffering the trauma does nothing but but make your life harder for a while as vision would say grief is just love persisting <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i yeah i agree it's it's yeah, anyway. Fuck Sucker Punch. I hate this fucking movie. Uh, there are, uh, uh, what is it? If I am to sadly do the devil's advocate thing, I will give it a couple of things. Mm -hmm. On Oscar Isaac, even when he's playing like a piece of shit or whatnot, he still has his charisma and he still uh, is interesting to watch. Scott, Scott Glenn, always a win. Yeah. And uh, I also am a sucker for some of the aesthetics and like, uh, mm -hmm. I was in like place out of time or like, Hell, I even don't mind some of the music remixes that they throw in there. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Are you fucking kidding? That I hate some of them. I, hate I don't so hate all of them. Hate it so much. 
hate everything. <laughs> it made me so angry. Every single time I would hear like when I when I heard the the well, I don't like the Smiths to begin with, like fuck Morrissey. But when Baby Doll sings "Sleep" by the Smiths, I was like, shut up, nope, nope. Yeah, no, that one doesn't <laughs> stick out. I'm thinking like uh, uh, what do you call it? Be uh, uh was it uh, Bjork one or yeah, Army of Me? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that mm. what that was kind of cool. Um. And also, if you're going to do the whole fuck you thing, you're just more so proving yourself that you are inherently a music snob. I am. I, I, yeah, I I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to tuck in. And that's called being I, an asshole. Not really. I, I, I like the scene where she fights the big samurai things. <laughs> it's about the it. Big okay. shogun with a Gatling gun. But, yeah. but, on, but on that note. <laughs> it's stupid, but why, like why does the last robot samurai tremble? When he goes to grab his sword. You're a robot. You don't have emotion. <laughs> um, sorry. One thing I will also say is on the DVD, yes, I have a copy of this movie. It was given to me when this movie came out. Is uh, There are some shorts included on here. That kind of uh, was a two-minute shorts. They're animated, uh, was it for right? each dr- Yeah, animated for each dream sequence, which makes me think, why didn't you just do that, Zack Snyder? Yeah, agreed. Or go work for Love, Death, and Robots. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> On the but note also, of the music, like, like, I would like to some say some of these that, could be like just online music videos that would get like millions of views, and everyone would think was pretty cool. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I, I sorry, I was just gonna say on the note of the music because I, I I do want to give Liam at least one inch of my olive branch. Um, was that white rat? The white rabbit cover is pretty fucking good. <laughs> that one, that one, I will give them. Um, uh, that, yeah. yeah anyway. The Beatles one is kind of weird. Yeah, tomorrow never knows. I'm looking at the 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 page right now. Um, was, there, was there a cover of "Sweet Dreams" in this movie? Uh, no. Uh, yes. Yeah. Afraid no. of a beginning. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I thought. I thought I heard. That. Uh, that's the only song I knew out of all. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, you're like, "Ooh, this is a. This must be new." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is an original. <laughs> um, so yeah, fuck sucker punch. I hate this movie. It's uh, a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. Man of Steel. One oh, of Man the of most Steel. controversial superhero movies ever made. Fuck this movie. So, <laughs> here's, this another, movie. <laughs> so here's another thing I will throw in here. And uh, Christian can attest to this. I saw this This movie came out and I saw it for the first time when I was about 16. We saw it together. And I, yep, and I loved it. The thing is, I was 16. Yeah. And uh, it was just uh, all I really thought about at the time was, Oh, they talk about in God platitudes. That sounds inspiring. And Superman's on the big screen doing Superman things. That's cool. But as time went on, I began to like this movie less and less. Mm-hmm. And in the and the older I got, this is one thing that is really uh, cemented Snyder moving forward. And one thing that'll turn me against any movie whatsoever, which is so much pseudo philosophical bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. This this Who like this and Sucker Punch Who were am like. I'm <laughs> not Jesus. <laughs> this and Sucker Punch were like where it's really started to hit me that Zack Snyder really really likes the aesthetic of philosophy, mm-hmm. but doesn't actually give a shit about actual philosophy. Yeah, doesn't know any of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He like he he thinks asking like is Superman like Jesus is like a philosophical question. It's like yeah, obviously he's like Jesus. Yeah, he is he, you fucking idiot. Yeah, like. <laughs> Which is also interesting because Superman was made by two Jewish immigrants. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, like it, it seeped in there. Liam but. and I, Liam and I watched it last weekend uh, over uh, Discord or whatever, and mm-hmm. like 
as the movie kept going, I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier. <laughs> like Liam and I had this rule where we were only allowed to pause the movie like three times each. We were each allowed to stay. Stop. Like we got to talk about this. <laughs> but then it got to a point where it was like, okay, if you drink half your beer, then you can, uh, then you can gain your three points back. And so I'd be like, I'd be like, Liam, look, 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 look. Okay, I get fucking 16 points. <laughs> like, One thing I do also want to make clear is also is that this uh, was it, a pseudo-philosophical bullshit and whatnot isn't entirely Zack Snyder's fault this time no, around. No, we can thank there's Goyer also, for that. There's also David fucking I hate comic book fans Goyer. Yeah, and also also Christopher Nolan was involved with Man of Steel as well. In fact, uh, what's Goyer? interesting... Oh, what is he, like fact, four also, <laughs> No, Christ- Zack Snyder is friends with two polar opposite filmmakers. Close friends, in fact. Zack Snyder is a personal friend of Christopher Nolan and Michael Bay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I could not imagine that dinner party. I could not under <laughs> like if those if the three that sounds like the beginning of a bad joke. Is that yeah, Zack yeah. Snyder, Michael Bay, and Christopher Nolan walking into a bar? I would honestly watch a movie about the three of them having dinner. <laughs> <laughs> My dinner with Nolan. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it directed by Robert a, Rodriguez? A yeah. brunch at the Snyder's. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with we get uh, the base. <laughs> here. So, I was gonna say just because I really don't want to talk about this too much, just because I'll go off onto a long rant. The pseudo philosophical bullshit in this movie, and it gets worse in Batman vs Superman. Yeah. This movie brings up a debate as old as time: predetermination versus free will. Mm-hmm. and keep in mind this is one thing in the same sentence that shoots this completely in the foot Jarrell sent us uh, superman in uh, was it to earth as a new starter as he or as he calls it so he could form his own destiny and that's what krypton was missing but he also sent him with a means to repopulate krypton in some way and is hoping he'd do so <laughs> that's literally gibberish <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I will amend what I said about having only seen Legend of Guardians in the theater. I did see Man of Steel in the theater. I just forgot that I did. <laughs> That's probably um, for the better. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw it, I I thought it was fine. Like I didn't really yeah, me too. care that much about it. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a Superman movie, I guess. But like uh, upon I, I hadn't seen it since, and then I rewatched it the other day, and I was like. I liked this. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I had the same why? thought because like. After Liam and I saw it, I was like, that was pretty good. I didn't mind that. Mm. But I so think... You were praising it as much as I were, dude. Yeah. And then after Liam and I... Because I hadn't seen it since we had seen it. Maybe I watched mm-hmm. it once after that. In the, So I've only seen it like three times. But having seen it as a full-grown adult, I was like, this is not how you do Superman. You mm-hmm. know? Like, you're, you're treating Superman with such a massive amount of disrespect like Super- Zack Snyder is obsessed with this idea of making Superman Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And like super like mm-hmm. he makes Superman a terrorist for one, like mm-hmm. essentially. Um and when on the the biggest mistake Zack Snyder makes is that when Superman uh is on the few occasions where Superman does actually save somebody, I was that he never allows him to talk to them. Right. Or actually mm-hmm. say anything, which is something you need to do with Superman. Yeah, even yeah. if it's just like, here, little girl, here's the cat I saved from your tree. Or like, even just like pulling me out of the way, being like, are you all right? Or like, yeah. uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then like, 
I, I can't remember his uh, Kevin Costner's character. Jonathan uh, Kent. Jonathan Kent. Okay, I, I knew his last name was Kent, obviously, but like, he's an asshole. He's terrible. Yeah, he's not a good guy. <laughs> and and but I'm, like how he encourages his son, he's like, yeah, no, you keep that shit under lock. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like you do let not... a bus full of kids die. Yeah. So no one knows okay, that you're in strong. In all fairness, he did say maybe. <laughs> I will at least say he didn't have the. Yeah, answers. but he was implying just let him die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just wasn't didn't have the balls to actually. He's say like, it. you're a freak. <laughs> People are gonna yeah. always think you're a freak. You're yeah. my weird, weird, freaky son. Okay. Here's, yeah, here's and another... if the world knows you're a freak, then they're going to freak out and you're going to ruin everything. So yeah. Here's the thing. Both him and Perry White talk about how if, that, how if this got out, the world would go crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the world gets threatened by aliens. And yeah. in all the other scenes, oh, is it? We don't see humanity react to this whatsoever. We, there's a point where you see Lois walking on the street and everybody's treating it business as usual. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think I, that's what would happen. Also, like, there's, uh, was it? There's, I think, I think Independence Day is pretty accurate to how people would react if, like, mm-hmm. uh, if there was an invasion. Sure, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, just but like, like even if, if an alien ship numbers. landed, people would be like, "Holy shit!" for like a week, and then be like, "Yeah, yeah, aliens are here." I don't. My point. I don't is, agree, but that's a conversation for another day. My yeah. point. <laughs> my point is that, um, was it? Zack Snyder seems to think that the U.S. military is an adequate stand-in for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Say what you want about Snyder, but he supports the troops. In fact, this movie was this movie got a big subsidy from the DOD. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, In fact, this is one of the most funded DOD movies out there. I believe it. Um, maybe this is just the thing with action movies in general, but like by this point in my Snyder marathon, like he just thinks that people who can fight good are the best people. Yeah. Yeah, like, like there, there's nobody in his in his movies. There's very few people in his movies that are portrayed positively that can't fight. Yeah, that's like, a almost, good point. Yeah, okay, almost we're all, gonna we will that's talk about thing, but it's also will, very much a Snyder thing. We will talk about that more when we get to Batman vs Superman. <laughs> you know, which is coming um, up pretty quick here. But um, yeah. I, I will say uh, one thing: I will give this movie is, is the cast. Everybody is doing ex- what they can. Like, yeah. As much as you can tell, Michael Shannon is really trying his hardest not to be distracted by being in a motion capture suit or yeah. whatnot. You can tell he's really <laughs> giving it. I just, I just love his, I just love his delivery for that line when he screams it. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, but this and just a fun thing because I need to rip on this guy at every chance. The bad David Goyer lines. Oh God, you're yeah. a monster, Zod. And I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> There's only one way this ends, Cal. Either you die or I do. There's two ways. <laughs> oh man. Also, one thing that's sad is that there are there is clearly a lot of reverence or whatnot and Superman stuff that's put in there. Like uh Jarrell's speech towards Superman, like the ideal to strive towards, is lifted from All-Star Superman. Mm-hmm. That is liter- That's pretty much word for word what uh, Grant Morrison wrote. Mm. Um, and just like like other like little nods to Smallville or whatnot. Like there's reference to Lana Lang or Pete Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say something not really related to that, but like I got really tired of someone grabbing someone and smashing them through a building. <laughs> like that's ninety percent of the action in this movie, as well as BBS. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, just grab up and Justice League as well to an extent. Just like smash them through a building. That's I mean, how you the, do action. I mean, the Smallville fight was pretty cool at first, but as it goes, it's like they blew their load. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, also, there's. I would like to say something at some point. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, is I. It is I building off of what Liam's saying about the the, the Smallville fight is the third act of that movie is it, that's not a fucking movie. I'm sorry. It's that's an animated film. You mm-hmm. there like I know Liam was trying to convince me. No, no, no. There's a lot of sets here. No, like that shit is not real. And it was it, the uncanny <laughs> valley ness of it was was making me nauseous for one and two like physically angry. Because I was I mean, like, I w- this is not a fucking movie. This is just two beefcakes fighting. I, if I wanted to watch this, I would watch the WWE, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, because this movie doesn't have a second act. No, not really. In not fact, really, the, that's the true. The first act and the second act are kind of spliced together and cutting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, Joe, I, w- I remember uh, the Cosmonaut Variety Hour talked about this. About there's one scene that's a whole true missed opportunity that really could have shown Clark's character. Which is when he washes up on the shore and like he takes like, those the clothes that's ha- that are hanging out there. Have Clark go up to the door and be like, "Uh, hi, can I borrow these?" <laughs> no, he, ste- <laughs> he steals them. He yeah, steals. which is very weird for Superman. Yeah, it's very also un- Superman. One thing, another thing, Christian and I talked about, which is, and I will defend parts of a Smallville fight where, because I do know from watching the special features that Snyder did build building facades and actually blow them up. Uh, was it and like did do as much shoot as much practically as he could um i uh, was it but the ways this is one of the weird things that's so unzack snyder for this movie which is snyder shoots the whole movie on handy cam mm-hmm. and in close-ups so weird, so weird. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and if you're gonna like if you're gonna build sets like krypton fucking show it yeah, right. honestly, the 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 first twenty minutes on Krypton were so much better than the rest of the movie. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's super. It's really there's no room to breathe there in a lot of places. But mm-hmm. like, and I have no idea why Jarrell uh, instead of riding a ship when they're being attacked rides a big thing from Avatar. But <laughs> yeah. um, just a big bug. But no, like the Krypton set is huge or whatnot, especially the council scene. But Snyder just doesn't put a camera on it. It's mm-hmm. a shame because you could tell so much work it was put into the details there. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's Man of Steel. Um, we can skip over Rise of uh, Three Hundred because he just wrote it, um, mm. and we're gonna go right. Yeah, into I didn't watch that one. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Again, another movie. Okay, that I, Liam and I, I before have we seen. actually get in, into the thing, Dawn of Justice is such a stupid title. It's fucking awful. also Batman v Superman. Like we're gonna yeah. slug it out in court. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which would have been an okay movie. We yeah. Um, <laughs> Batman v Superman is I hate this movie <laughs> yeah, no, uh, in fact uh, Lucas will you uh, use my criteria here where when I've said about movies I hate where this is a piss you the fuck off movie <laughs> yeah honestly again this is this is a movie where I, I started playing video games halfway through yeah. not even halfway through I think I was 10 minutes in I started playing video games <laughs> yeah and at really uh, not missing a whole lot no no I <laughs> There's I, don't, a, there, I don't even know where to start. There's an offensive <laughs> lack of substance in this movie, which yeah. is the thing is that it, it this... felt like he was trying to remake Watchmen. Yes, but but worse. <laughs> this, movie, this movie, I will. One thing I will credit this movie for is at least it was ambitious. You can mm-hmm. tell Zack Snyder had grand ambitions. In fact, I'm beginning to notice a lot of parallels between Zack Snyder and George Lucas. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I told Lucas this the other day where um, 
uh, what is it where when I saw this movie in the theater with John Tasker, friend of a show. John Tasker, friend and of a show. As, That's his yep, full as, name, by the way. <laughs> as soon as um, we've told that, we start... we've told both those jokes more times than any other <laughs> joke on the show. That is his full name, by the way, John Tasker, yeah. friend of the show. Just gotta, just gotta make sure you know. Yeah. As soon as um, right from the first few minutes, when you have uh, uh what is it uh, Batflex uh, opening monologue, but there was a time before a time above <laughs> and it, like just goes through i'm like what the fuck is going on here yeah, like because I've, I've i've technically seen all of batman v superman before i watched this but like not coherently i guess That's i don't fair. know I've, I've never been able to sit down and actually focus on it um and then i, I was like really trying to focus and i heard that i'm like what oh i like i I like like liam texted to me after he's like is this gibberish i'm I'm like i can't i can't make any i can't understand it i don't know i can't decipher it um oh boy batman (laughs) versus superman where to begin another goyer movie another goyer Um, movie oh god you know what i'm gonna start by just getting the fun stuff out of the way with the dialogue oh Oh, was it again? I did the whole time before. Oh, yeah. The bat is dead. Bury it. Consider this mercy. <laughs> Which I'm like, that is the worst thing you could possibly say to this Batman. Yeah. Because <laughs> this Batman is a psychotic, drunk billionaire who goes out at night and runs people over with his car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well dressed as a bat. Yeah, he's he he's a murderer. Yeah, like like Batman, like as just as a an if Batman were an actual person, he'd be fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. This this movie made me realize how fucking crazy Batman is. Yeah, and like, you know what? That's what hurts me most as a lifelong Batman fan. This showed the ugly side of Batman on how mm-hmm. so because I will stand by saying that like there's been this whole movement going around where people say Batman is inherently a fascist or whatnot. Where I'm like. No, no. In certain hands, he can be yeah. like he is here. <laughs> um, and also, one. Th- so after the whole, this whole movie, it's, it has an interesting idea where it's a Batman that already needs redemption or whatnot, who was all, all who has already lost his way. But once mm-hmm. he has his come to Jesus moment, Martha, um, he uh, <laughs> was it. The next scene is him gun toting, murdering people. Yeah, which he never get and he never gets held and accountable not, for any yeah, of his and not, actions. Not just that, executing uh, uh, an injured, whimpering uh, co- former combatant. Yeah, like, like he's already stabbed this guy like through the shoulder, or whatever, and he's like, "Please don't kill me! Please don't kill me!" And he's like, "I don't even know what he did what to that fuck? guy. Did he like punch his? Did he like slam his know. fist up his ass? Or <laughs> that's, like, like <laughs> that's what it looked like. It did. Uh, we're like, talking about the, the warehouse fuck? scene, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but we have to. We do have to say that the warehouse scene is still, even though it's fucking not Batman, still pretty well choreographed it's scene. Probably it the is, best definitely. shot Batman fight scene we've gotten. Yeah, like, but the most full mm-hmm. on you could get. Yeah, but, but you, you threw just, a man into a brick wall. He's he's not alive no more. Yeah, he's dead. I, he's fully dead. I mean, some of those things wall. I can buy somebody surviving. Like again, being mm-hmm. thrown into a wall or whatnot, I can buy you surviving that. What I can't buy is when you put those little rocket things onto a crate, have it shoot back and nail a guy in the face. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Uh, I, 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 one, one thing I'll say about this movie, Wonder Woman's intro is pretty cool. Yeah. No, I do like that. Yeah. 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 It's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, just where do we begin with this thing? I don't know. We're like all over the place with this one. Hey, just like, just like the movie. 
Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. Uh, what do you like? There's Lex. It's as random as Lex's all over the place plan. Oh my god, it made um, no sense. Or there's also um that weird out of place um, uh, what is it like Granny's peach tea? Yeah, I didn't which, understand that. I which, by the way, Senator uh, Holly Hunter's character is the only sensible person in this movie. Yeah, basically. Was <laughs> uh, Senator Finn? She is the only. Pro- the closest thing to a sensible person. Yeah. At also, least we got I, like, again. I, 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 I don't I don't dislike Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. His performance here sucks. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's... Like I don't know I don't know if that's uh part on, on like his behalf or on like the director's behalf or on the writer's behalf. I think it's all of it. But this I hate a... Lex Luther in this movie. This is yeah. one like, he's and that's not one thing where, there was to be a lot honest, of Adderall I don't... going around. Mm-hmm. There's one thing here where their their conception with Lex, to be honest, I didn't think was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Having Lex be a younger like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg type billionaire, mm-hmm. like because it's top, it's a lot more topical and accurate to where we are, and whatnot, and it's a new ground we could explore. I uh, was it, but like this is a beyond awkward performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the red capes are coming. <laughs> yeah, and he's like Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I love bringing people together, and like um, his cadence is so weird. Yeah, it, like, it's the so way he unlike. It's distracting. It's so unlike Jesse Eisenberg, which I think was kind of mm-hmm. the point that yeah. you know. Snyder was probably like, yeah, you know all that stuff, that subtlety that you had in uh, in in uh, Social Network. Yeah, don't do that. Like, yeah. do the exact opposite of that, please. You know when you did a good performance? <laughs> Don't. Yeah, one please thing, stop. One thing I did take note of in this movie is that it is inherently reactionary to Man of Steel mm-hmm. by, like, yeah. doing the whole Bruce Wayne on the ground post-9-11 type of a thing. Um, however, that's not what they put Superman on trial for in this movie or where things begin. It's first some no. weird conflict out in Africa. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was so confused as to why they are upset with Superman there, and I didn't realize till after that like uh, Lex had people that were like framing him or whatever. Well, in the ultimate I, I, edition, I, I didn't. I didn't click till after I watched the movie. <laughs> you know, in the ultimate edition, they make it a little bit more clear where they yeah. lit people on fire to make it look like um, right. uh, was it he laser beamed them? But yeah, like half the time, like why are people upset with Superman? Like all, point- all he did was like save Lois. I, I don't understand because he's also- an alien. You also yeah. don't need to frame him for anything. People are, would already be pretty pissed after the destruction yeah. of Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. They could have just focused on that. And then, like, when when like the U.S. Capitol blows up, and I'm like, why are people thinking that was Superman? I don't understand. What? I don't get it. And why didn't s- s- that is not su- that performance is too reserved? Like, mm-hmm. think about how when he broke down after he had to. When he was in a situation where he killed Zod, mm-hmm. and like there, when people are on fire, or whatnot, he's just standing there as reserved as possible, looking yeah. gaudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing I will thank Man of Steel and uh, BVS for is they gave us Henry Cavill. Yeah, they True. brought Henry Cavill into the mainstream, and he's great. I, I really like Henry, Henry Cavill. I actually do like. I you could tell he's trying so hard to get a real Superman out of this mm-hmm. or whatnot, mm-hmm. or like. Re- because he is Henry Cavill's a giant fucking nerd and like yeah and like he is <laughs> how much he loves Superman and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, as t- much terrible as he is, Ben Affleck tr- really committed himself and tried as hard he, as he possibly he did. Could. He, tried, he tried very hard, absolutely <laughs> as hard as he possibly could. And, yeah. and I commend him for it. Even Jeremy yeah. Irons, it's like you're trying, I, man. <laughs> Jeremy Irons, yeah, is yeah, like, definitely. I have a feeling, Jeremy uh, Christian and I have joked about this for years. Where um. <laughs> 
I have a feeling him and uh, Ben Affleck were rehearsing and they were going through the script. It's like, and then I'm like, why do you, why did I say this name? And he's like, what the, f-? and Jeremy Irons is like, uh, Ben looks like we have to carry this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as I like Henry Cavill, his performance, what he says, Martha, I, 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 I burst out laughing. Like, <laughs> Martha, save Martha. And I get that Batman stepping on his neck, but also like, you're fucking Superman. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, one thing that, that is I would, your name. Um, like there's also like, and there's this whole thing that's been consistent as we've talked about throughout Zack Snyder's whole filmography, which is the grim, dark foe. Uh, what is it? Just hot button. Like this makes this movie important. It being as dark and like hot buttonly grim as possible. And yeah. long. Way too fucking long. Yeah, I mean, he seems notice, to think that a long movie is a better movie. Yeah. Notice how there, for a movie called Batman versus Superman, there is almost no action until like the half point. Yep. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, um, this has runtime is a problem, but like it is an action movie. <laughs> but how long is the director's cut? Three uh, hours. The ultimate cut is three hours. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've seen, I like three-hour movies, you know? Like, I like the director's cut of Midsummer. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's fine, but that movie, I'm not going to get into it. I'll stop. A, a, a movie needs to be as long as its story is. Yeah. Batman v Superman's story was not that long. <laughs> as one yeah. of our teachers in, in Sate used to say to me all the time, um, mm-hmm. it's a quote from, uh, from Alice in the Wonderland. And Alice says, like, well, like, how do I tell this story? And the Mad Hatter says, well, start at the beginning, and when you get to the end, stop. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't fluff it's it simple. up. Don't make it more yeah, than it um, needs to be. And I don't think Snyder really <laughs> understood that while making this one. No. I mean, he didn't learn I, that lesson, apparently, because no. the Snyder cut is supposed to be four hours long. And, and also for um, a movie that should be Batman and Superman, why'd you do Doomsday? Why did you throw mm. in Doomsday? Why did this is it's too totally early irrelevant. for Doomsday? Way too, yeah. Yeah, way too early. We also know nothing about they, this Batman before he's introduced, or like yeah, what is... they, they tried like I'm 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 I don't know that much about comics, but I know enough to know they're they're shoving in like three different storylines yeah. here, like the death of Superman as well as the Dark Knight uh, rises or Dark Knight returns returns yeah, returns. yeah, yeah. yeah Dark Knight returns and I think there's one other I can't there's remember what some it's of uh, whatever happened of a Man of Tomorrow mm, okay. Um, one, uh, so I have a feeling that if we just talk about the plot points over and over, we're just going to ramble and this episode is going to be as long as a Snyder movie. <laughs> I mean, um, it kind of already is because we're but, at about oh the God. two hour mark for, um, the Snyder movie. Con- is a short Snyder movie. <laughs> um, but where, this is where I was going to get into, uh, some of the really frightening and troubling things about this movie and just all of the as I said before, pseudo-philosophical bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're supposed to see Superman as a messiah figure, especially in this movie, after he sacrifices himself and gives his life as soon to be admirable. Mm-hmm. But Superman's only connection to anybody on Earth in this movie is Lois Lane, mm-hmm. his girlfriend who he's been with for a year, to a point where he can't even hear his mother being abducted mm-hmm. or just anything else like Lois Lane is not a good stand-in for the rest of humanity. No, 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 no. no. Um, he needs to actually have a connection to, like, literal humanity. Yeah. Yeah, to the people. Like, show him actually interacting and sa- with and saving people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's funny, because up to this point, we haven't... 
like this Superman is a recluse, like mm-hmm. has zero connection to humanity. Um, like that. Go on. Oh, I was just, that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, like that opening scene where the kids are like interviewing him and they're like, "What's the best part about Earth?" That's Justice and, League. Oh, that's Justice League. My bad. But that that pissed me off too because like uh, uh, he he looks off in distance and smiles, obviously implying Lois Lane. Yep. But I'm like, that's no. It, it, I mean, sure, but like also humanity. Like, <laughs> yeah, you kids. Man's supposed to like humanity. Also, and there's also the fact that like. Again, I don't. I have a feeling this was intentional, given he tried to make a movie adapting their works. But just how fucking randy in this movie is, yeah. Especially when you get to the end of like uh, with the conclusion it comes to to uh, comes to seems to be that beings with all the power with the most power are not to be questioned and have our best interest at heart. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, but undertones of like what some could read as fascism are inherent in most comic book properties. Yeah. Or at least superhero, sorry, superhero properties. But here it's just unbearably fascist because of just how subservient it is to the status quo and that surface level idea. And I think why this is one of my most hated and a lot of people's most hated comic book movies is that was it, it's not that this movie's joyless, it that shows the is that it shows the awful undertones and brings those to the forefront and seems to think for admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most powerful people are the best people. It's like a lot of, most of his movies seem to say, yeah. <laughs> even also, back to Dawn of the dead, like the people who could fight were the ones who are framed as the most like worthwhile. Yeah. The ones who survive. Yeah. 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 It's like, again, this movie is just, it hurt me. It hurt a lot of comic book fans. I felt personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie's yeah. bad. I mean, it made a lot of fucking money, which is really actually actually in its second weekend, it took a sixty percent drop of a box office. It still made I mean, about, 800, a 50 per, about a, yeah, about a fifty yeah. percent drop is pretty common, but I guess sixty percent is a pretty big. Yeah, yeah, but for a comic book Asian. movie, especially in the mo- past recent years, and it had that's a true. bigger drop than Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, you could tell they man. were going for that cool billion, but they only made eight hundred and seventy-three point six million dollars. Also, also right. think oh, about man. how much money they put into advertising for this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were advertising it all the way back when in I Am Legend. Sorry, <laughs> it was bad. Anyway, carry on. Because yeah, there's a right. no You're nothing. Really... There's a shot. There's okay. Fuck it. Fuck off. But I, I don't remember I Am Legend. Very Never well. mind. Right. <laughs> I remember it, but. <laughs> All right, the Seven Eleven, Liam. I don't know. I'm I'm exhausted even just talking about this movie. I've said to you guys before. I have occupied too much time thinking about this movie and just trying to figure out, like, not why is Zack Snyder, but why is this quagmire of a movie? Why does this quagmire of a movie exist? Yeah. Liam, Honestly, you've used I, two good I, words I think... this podcast: pontificate <laughs> and quagmire. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I think this wor- movie is worse than Sucker Punch, personally. I think because this is his worst movie. Probably because of what it did to two icons of, of cinema and just, like, culture. I would, I, I don't disagree with you, Lucas, that it's probably his worst movie overall. I, I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, overall it's his worst movie. Sucker Punch At is least... the one that made me the most angry and I hate it the most, but this is mm-hmm. by far his worst movie. Yeah. At least Sucker Punch was short. Yeah. <laughs> 
least. <laughs> okay. That's probably had... why I disliked it more. I'm like, I'm like, all right, we're nearing the three hour mark, right? It's been 45 minutes. Fuck. Yeah, we're we're actually <laughs> nearing the uh, the Snyder time on this show. So uh, move on right. to Justice League really quick. Um, I don't think we yeah. should spend too much time on it. Um, and, it's and I'm gonna refrain from talking about Justice League. I mean, you're invited to have this conversation too, Liam. Yeah. Uh, that's why you're here. <laughs> Uh, the one, the only real thing I have to say about Justice League is that I understand why Snyder fans were upset because this is not a Snyder movie, right? Nor is it a Joss Whedon movie, like Liam said earlier. It's a weird amalgamation of the two. Yeah, it's not even that. It's a studio cut. Yeah, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. even before Joss Whedon came on, from what I understand, they had like five other people doing rewrites on this thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and they, they took the they took the there's it's it's too dark criticism like in the wrong way they just started adding a bunch of weird jokes hey lucas what's your sorry what's your superpower again i'm rich (laughs) i'm like come on guys that's something we joke about with batman but that's i think that's what they're trying to do they're trying to like connect with the fans more so you're not allowed to do that (laughs) yeah and like ezra miller it's ezra miller right yeah 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 who by the way ezra miller's flash is abominable I will not see a Flash movie starring that Flash. Yeah, well, but like, but what I was saying is like he was the stand-in for the audience, essentially. Yeah, sure. Like he he was he was the guy who was like I'm putting and Ben Affleck's like I'm putting a team together. And he's like I'm in. That sounds so cool. Right. Like that's literally the audience. Like <laughs> I will. I also uh, one thing that I do kind of like for this movie, ironically, but also not ironically, is. I like Bruckwa Man. I was just gonna say it introduced I us do, to Bruckwa Man. That is true. I do like him. I, Jason Mo is just extremely charismatic as it is. Yeah, when, when you give him a role like Bruckwa Man, it's, he's great. <laughs> he is great. Did that make you want to watch his Aquaman? Or it did. It did kind of. Yeah, I still yeah. haven't seen it. But. Though, to my knowledge, because I still haven't seen, I uh, haven't seen Bruckwa Man. But to my knowledge, it's definitely a more colorful and bright movie than. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justice it's League probably... has its moments of brightness and, and colorfulness, um, mm-hmm. and it's cool that we got some pretty like like iconic scenes and whatnot. And I, I mean, that bit with with um, Superman coming rising from the you know the tomb where he's been there for three days, um, and Jesus, <laughs> but when, when he when he rises or whatever, and like that's a cool bit where they're fighting Superman, like especially mm-hmm. when he turns his head when the Flash is running past him. I was like, that's, yeah. that's pretty fucking cool. But, I like that bit, yeah. But it it it's it suffers from the same problems as 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 uh, Batman vs Superman, where it's just like, this is a cool scene, but what does it add? Like, mm-hmm. what are you really? There was there was not really like a story reason for them to fight Superman. It's just they wanted the Justice League to fight Superman. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if Snyder Cut is going to provide any more context or any more i mean just because you make you add two extra hours to your movie or whatever mm-hmm. i think um doesn't Sorry. isn't gonna make it better it's not gonna yeah make it better and like at all. i i heard a rumor i don't know if this is true but i heard a rumor that only about a half hour of the original cut is in the snyder cut what? and i don't know yeah that, I, don't, I don't know to, i don't know how true that is so don't okay. don't like take that as as okay. gospel according to zach snyder he has used zero whedon footage and that's part of why he got the money to go back and shoot some things again. Mm. Yeah, shoot, shoot, reshoot some things, as in write and add entirely new scenes. Yeah, like like this is not a director's cut. This is a new movie. It's an entirely new film. It's an entirely yeah. new film. 
they added the Joker for some reason. And did you know. did you see that set photo of him with a fucking ro- crown of roses or rose crown? Oh, Jesus Christ! Are you yeah, serious? quite literally, Jinsai? Jesus Christ. Yes, Lucas. They're, um, they're they're doing the Joker as Jesus now. I was like, no. What? And also, right. I'm sure we all have seen the meme, but. He actually got the Joker to say we live in a society. <laughs> he, he actually got him to say it. And, and uh, that's infuriating. Like, again, that's yeah. one of those things where it's just like, you're not allowed to it's, joke about that. It's so tone deaf. Yeah. I'm like, also that, like, that is a meme. That is a joke. Yeah. And, and also, like, it's framed as more of that pseudo philosophical bullshit. Yeah. Like, something about we live in a society where honor doesn't really matter or something like that. Yeah. The concept of honor is, is, is bullshit as it is. But, like, the joke i don't know i don't even know uh my brain is numb i'm not sure if i'm going to watch it um, i will be watching it just because i want to see what it is and i want some kind of closure with this with this in my mind yeah i i i don't want to watch it but i'm just so curious <laughs> in fact you know like, what? i promise you for myself and to our patrons I will watch this and I will review it for you guys. <laughs> and if these guys want, and I and I can't speak Sorry, for you Liam, guys. Liam, could you do you... that line again, but do it as Zod, please? <laughs> <laughs> I will watch this. <laughs> okay, I will watch this movie and I will review it for you guys. And in fact, you know what? I was it. I don't know. I hope you guys share the same sentiment. But uh, what is it? If uh, we all watch this collectively or whatnot, we will do this as an we will do a full exclusive for our patrons. Oh, you're making this choice now. <laughs> you're not even wrapping us into this. Co- you're making a conversation right now. Um, yeah, I was going to like I like my brain when I think about watching it, my brain hurts. But also, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know what is in this thing. Are all are all know. four parts? Can you show me? <laughs> are all four parts coming out on streaming? Because it comes out on March 18th. No, it's being released as a full movie. They've dropped the whole episode by episode thing. Oh, oh Jesus, okay. that's gonna make it so much harder to watch. Oh, I see. Yeah, originally planned, it was released as a four-part miniseries. It will instead be released as a four-hour movie. That hurt my soul reading that. Yeah. Um, yeah okay, so I will say, Lucas, Liam, and I are probably gonna hop on Discord or something and watch this monstrosity. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that we can set that. aside an entire day. We're going to have to, cause we're going to be pausing a lot. <laughs> it's um, going to take us eight hours to watch the movie. Cause we're just going to keep pausing. Yeah. I, okay. Before we, uh, really just get into that, we'll keep you guys updated on this one. on <laughs> yeah. if we actually decide we're going to do this, I think now it's important that we get to the conclusion of our thesis. Why on why is Zack Snyder? What is, like, how do we feel about it and what is this man? Is this the worst essay we've ever written? <laughs> <laughs> like, just eight paragraphs? Oh, I've written some bad essays in my time. Yeah. Why <laughs> is think... Zack Snyder? So, I think... So, the biggest thing for me, for Zack... I'm calling him by first name because we, we've learned to, we've learned a lot about him in this past hour and a half. I feel like um, we can we can definitely call him by first name. So, why is, why is Zack? Um, I do think he's just a fanboy. He's a fanboy who was given way too much power and way too much money. Um, Liam, I couldn't tell if you were frozen. Um, yeah, way too much power, way too much money. And he's also, he's a very misguided man in terms mm-hmm. of his morals and his beliefs. Um, when it comes to production of film, him and his wife, like they do an okay job. Like, Zack yeah. Snyder is in. Uh, was it Zack Snyder has a similar niche to Michael Bay? Lucas and I were talking mm-hmm. about this. Where he's in, 
Zack Snyder is very competent when it comes to like the technical aspect and like setting things up. And oh, yeah. he's 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 brilliant. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, like, oh, what is it like? In fact, he is. Oh, was it some of his the things he's put together can be considered visual marvels. It's just his execution and the way he decides to pres- his, present yeah, them. His his like um, his story and like he, his visual storytelling is great. Like mm-hmm. he he knows where to place the camera. He knows where to put things in frame, and he knows how to keep your eye focused on what matters. Uh, he does not know how uh, writing works. It seems. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think part of that comes from just he's always adapted something his entire career, and he's never done anything original, with the exception. Mm-hmm. of of sucker punch and i'm like oh was it we also have army of the dead coming out soon right which seems to be Mm -hmm. a back to basics type of a thing and i think that's what he needs i agree maybe yeah i agree and And, yeah i think i think he by by like the length of his movies and like the self-importance in his movies he seems to have a big ego i don't want to like judge someone just by by the art that they make but that's the impression i get i think Um, he just has grand ideas or whatnot like he seems like i don't think i will a lot of people have gone off to say that they think Zack Snyder is a complete nut or dumbass. It's I don't think Zack no. Snyder is a stupid person. I, don't I think, so think he has a lot of really interesting big ideas, but he just has no concept of how to ground. Right. And his yeah, visual... and I, don't, I don't think he, under, he I don't think he has a great uh, skill set in terms of like uh, dissecting and processing ideas. Like he he has the idea, and then he like presents it unformed. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Or he just overbakes it to a point where it only, where like with a another comparison I can make, it's a similar niche to like M. Night Shyamalan, where he like it makes so much, it clearly makes so much sense to him, but it makes no sense to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I think also uh, a little bit of a pivot, but like he is a huge fan of traditional Western culture. If yes. That makes sense. Like European American culture. Like, like like not like actual european historical culture but like the the modern idea of what that is what that is in terms of like honor and justice and other buzzwords like that uh where like the strong uh make uh the rules like might is right sort of uh ideology i don't know don't know if that's literally what he believes but that is definitely what his movies uh portray yeah in a lot of ways For sure. yeah that's very consistent throughout his oeuvre Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a good um, word. Yeah, th- Liam's used it a few times, and I, I didn't want to mention oh, yeah. that one because I don't entirely know what it means. So, uh, <laughs> it's uh, essentially just a fancy way of saying somebody's filmography and all all around voice. Ah. It's uh, became popular with uh, the birth of uh, a tour theory. Ah, okay. Um, like the oeuvre like, of I, Thunder Lizard Collective is like Christian <laughs> interrupting Liam and frustrating. Him. <laughs> yeah, like. I think the black. I think the Wolf Den put it best about Zack Snyder when uh, they got that first look at Jason Momoa as Aquaman, which is Zack Snyder in style and presentation is a '90s comic book artist. Yeah. Yeah. He has a he has the same. It's the same things that I have criticized Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, and Eric Larson for. Uh, was it like uh, he seems to be more focused on the look and presentation? despite how misguided it may be, then how it everything gels together. It's kind of like taking a jigsaw puzzle and just cramming pieces together without them actually fitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm, I'm stressed. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm stressed and, that I'm just exhausted now. It's I'm, also just yeah. interesting to think back on how there was a point like when I, when I know when Christian and I were younger where uh, we were like Zack Snyder is my person to give any comic book thing to. Yep. Yep. I remember those days. And those days are dead. <laughs> are very in fact, dead. I, in fact, I have my hope for Zack Snyder. I hope I that one too. day he can't because I know he has it in him to actually make a genuinely great movie. I want him I to think come, he has I want him to do some original concept movies, you know? I would I want I, him to do something simple. Simple without so many big ideas. I don't and complicated think storylines. I don't think Army of the Dead is the one that we're gonna get for that. Um mm-hmm. but I do think he's going to eventually do something quite grounded. Um and I, I can't wait for that day because like we've said, he's very competent behind the camera, and the man knows. Like we're gonna see how he can use a camera because um, he's DPing um, Army of the Dead all by himself, um, to yeah. my knowledge. So he's, I want to see how he he does it as an auteur, you know, in a sense, and right? Also, and just on another note, is that like with uh, we always hear stories about how terrible a lot of filmmakers and directors are as people or whatnot, and especially ones who aren't very good. Like I've heard horror stories about working with Michael Bay or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Snyder, I have, and kind of like Adam Sandler, I have never heard anybody say a bad thing about working with Zack Snyder or him as a person. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I've heard nothing but positive things about the man. The man's adopted four kids. You know, that's that's like. I had four of my own. Why not get four of somebody else's? You know, (laughs) he just, I've heard. Yeah, exactly. I've heard he's a nice guy and you know, it's unfortunate what happened during the production of, of justice league with his daughter. It's incredibly unfortunate. Um, And based on some of the information we have now, we do know that he was probably pretty mistreated by Warner brothers during that situation. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And, and like we've said, we don't think Zach, we're talking to you now. Yeah. Um, we don't think you're a dumb man. We don't think that you are uneducated. We think maybe some of your values, maybe that obviously don't line up with us, you know, like they don't line up with, with what our, our mindsets are. And, and your movies slowly I, became less for us and more for a very specific type of person. Like Don 300 and Watchmen. I like those movies, you know, I like all three of those. Uh, Legends of the Guardians I'll, is fine. I'll even say I li- I'll even say it on my my first viewing, like from the last night. I'll say that I liked Legend of the Guardians. Yeah, yeah, it's not awful. Um, in fact, I think what Zack Snyder needs to do is reevaluate on what he on uh when he needs to uh on when and sorry, I think Zack Snyder I think Zack Snyder needs to uh, reevaluate when to show when to tell. And when to stop and smell the roses. Yeah. It's basically story structure. Scene. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a good spot for us to to move on. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us talk about uh, Snyder. We haven't done this in a long time outside. Last time we did something like this, we did Nolan. And that movie or that, that uh, podcast is very hard to find because it was too long for a lot of services. So now if you have it, <laughs> happen to have it downloaded, then good for you. Um, but we haven't really done anything like this, like why or what is or who is. Um, I think we have a couple that we're going to do in the next little while. Uh, maybe not I, as extensively as we did this. Um, I some still some names that we've suggested, I've suggested, you know, we've done, Liam suggested M. Night a, a couple of times. I think that's what you were just going to say, right, Liam? Yeah, I was going to say, I would still love to do one on Shyamalan as he is, in fact, uh, kind of like there are things, 
like not to go back to Zack Snyder, but there are things with him that did kind of inspire me in a way and did get me interested in filmmaking, kind of like the same way Shyamalan did. Yeah, so we're going to do Shyamalan Ding Dong. Um, <laughs> come on. Maybe, uh, when we're, maybe when we're mature enough, we'll one day do David Lynch. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to do David Lynch. Uh, I'd love to do Cronenberg. I'd love to do um, Zemeckis even at some point. Mm. Um, Zemeckis would be a drag. I think we'd have a very similar Snyder reaction that w- I'd, for Zemeckis. I'd like to do Tony Scott. Sure, yeah, mm. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, so like these these are a lot of things that are that are very possible. Anyway, we're gonna go to break, and after break, we're gonna play Cool Wars. Love that you both do it now. And I love how <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have to tee it up that hard anymore. You guys, just, yeah. you guys just know how to do the fucking show. It's, it's great. I love you guys. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on to break, and then uh, we're going to be right back with another edition of Cool Wars. I am not. I'm not the dullest. I'm California. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I don't know what that was. That my radio voice? Whatever. We're back. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, you just heard us ramble about Scott Snyder for a good hour Zach and a half. Zack Snyder. Did I say Scott Snyder? You yeah. did. Huh. Scott Snyder's a comic book writer for this, those who Well, this is episode 52 of the podcast, and he wrote ah. the new 52 back. Okay. There's some, there's, there's some brain <laughs> pathways there. My last two brain yeah. cells after talking about <laughs> Scott Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder. God damn it. I they're phonetically similar. Zach. 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 Scott. Scott. (laughs) Scott. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back. We're going to do another exciting edition of Cool Wars. Cool Wars is a Cool Wars. I haven't even had any beer tonight. Um, (laughs) Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast in which the three of us uh, uh, go through a list of characters that we have created, an entirely arbitrary list of characters, and we pit two of them up against each other in a battle of coolness. Um, Coolness is evaluated by the definition of the word cool, which um, is a very long list, so if you would uh, like to, go to the Merriam-Webster and look up the word cool. Um... Second rule, they're not fighting. There's no physical um, altercation. It is purely a battle of cool. Liam, who is on the docket tonight? So, fitting within spirits of this past episode, or this current episode, and I promise this will be, hopefully for us, the last time we ever have to think about people associated with uh, Mr. Snyder again, we are going to do a Cool War versus the movie versions of Leonidas from 300, and uh, Rorschach from Watchmen. That's right. Two characters, Zack Snyder, uh, but two characters from Zack Snyder movies people remember the most. Liam, you want to put uh, ten minutes on the clock for us? Yeah, I'm glad you specified the movie version, so I don't have to rant about uh, Leonidas, uh, like the actual person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'd have to have ten and minutes or twelve minutes for that. Uh, <laughs> ten minutes on the clock. And three, two, one. Let's jam. Let's jam. Okay. So they are both awful, awful, awful people. Um, I I would like to just start off by saying neither of these people are cool. Um, They are both. But who is cooler? Who is? Yeah. Who is cooler? Um, Um, I mean, out of context, uh, there is that scene in Watchmen that's pretty cool where, um, uh, what is it? Where uh, they're trying to get into Rorschach's cell to uh, try and exact for revenge. I forget the name of the short dude. 
uh, was it and his two and his two goons but mm-hmm. like where it's like uh i was it where it's like one down and like rorschach just even in his cell does whatever he can to uh i was it to just one up these guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true that's a cool scene yeah uh rebuttal uh in favor of leonidas those abs though those abs though <laughs> they I are mean, painted on no <laughs> I, I bet rorschach's got his packing i wouldn't be surprised oh probably Probably. I don't know, he's a small homeless man. Doesn't mean doesn't mean he's not packing. I mean, I, I mean considering how how many people he kicks the shit out of him, he's he's, he's got to be strong. Yeah, um, for sure. One thing both these guys have in common is that they're both insanely charismatic. At least on film, like Leonidas is infectious on how charismatic he is. I would. That's true. He, he he. Well, he he somehow made shouting "This is Sparta" into like this this universal meme. True. Like like something that people genuinely got hyped about. Yeah. Like all he did, all he did was say, "This is Sparta," loudly. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's a college football team somewhere in the states that are called the Spartans, and mm-hmm. during their game, someone will say, "What's your profession?" and they will all go, "Hoorah!" <laughs> which uh, i would just like to say that's a fucking dumb 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 part <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like, uh, what was I gonna say? Rorschach. Yeah, Rorschach. Definitely suffers from. I wouldn't say he's charismatic at all, Liam. I think he's quite opposite of charismatic. He, I mean, or, yeah. I mean, when, I guess everybody does think he's a crazy person. Yeah, like he he is not very charismatic towards other people. Definitely the audience and his journal. But, yeah, that's what I meant when I was saying like yeah. uh, the charismatic thing. Yeah, funny joke. <laughs> um, good joke. Good joke. Audience laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as as for I don't know, I'm struggling to come up with things that like these people are cool for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess like with out of context or whatnot, Rorschach's determinism is kind of admir- admirable. Yeah, and just how much kind of like Batman, he devotes himself to an idea, but in context, he's an absolute sociopath. But couldn't you say <laughs> the same thing about Leonidas? I was well, about to say, you well, could make the same argument for Leonidas. Well, he's, least, he's very devoted to his principles and his country. Yeah. But Leonidas is at least a man of his time. Yeah, that's true. So is Rorschach. He's very much of, a man of, of, of his a, time. Of a, different, of a different timeline. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but there's uh, a big yeah. difference between, <laughs> a, a, was it a million years ago and 30 years ago? Or an alternate 30 Definitely years ago? Definitely not a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean, damn people, it. People didn't live in civilizations a million years ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Leonidas was uh, a king. He was a leader of his people, a very charismatic leader. Uh, he got 300 people to march to certain death to protect their country when the oracles so, uh, told them not to. I do have um, a question. I said to you guys, I texted you, mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. that movie not have been called 302? Because uh, did they r- get rally 298 people and then Leonidas and whatever his, that, that the guy who loses his eye? <laughs> because he says these 300 men. That's true. And he That's doesn't true. reference himself. That's a conversation I mean, I'm, I'm for pretty, the post I, I, I I'd, I'd wager that there were not actually 300 people there. There's probably something like either 290 something or right. or 305. That's a roundup. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so pe- uh, point in fact, uh, sorry, point. Uh, Leonidas, bad at math, not cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. He does. He does have a very good uh, shouting voice. That's true. That was very good. <laughs> Oh, as it with uh, Rorschach, like uh, one thing at least the movie version is that voice is pretty damn cool, and like it's hard to pull something like that off. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
That and also true. it's kind of, with both these characters, there are certain moments where it's kind of hard not to get hype. Like Leonidas mm-hmm. says, uh, tonight we dine in hell mm-hmm. yeah. or um, Rorschach's, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good impression. I was pretty good, Liam, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah Leonidas, Leonidas is a very good hype man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think a general back then would have had to been. <laughs> I would have loved to situation. have seen 300 as a rap musical. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the Spartans might the Spartans in that movie might have been really good break dancers. They're both they're very big, but also very dexterous. And you can you can spin using the uh, the shield. The shields. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I noticed. Sorry, there's a bit in 300 when he remember when he knocks the arrows off of his shield. Mm-hmm. None of the arrowheads are poking through the other side of the shield. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just pointing that out. Yeah, well, the, like in, historically, the, the Spartan shields were made uh, mostly out of wood. And they were covered with uh, metal. Oh, I see. Um, so they they could generally uh, stop arrows. Okay. They well, they th- spent a lot on the a lot on their shields. Most cultures did not. Most of the time it was just it was just planks of wood. Right. Uh, <laughs> one thing, maybe some leather wrapped over it. Uh, one thing cool about Rorschach is that mask and the ink moving around. Oh, yeah. That is that really is cool. Fucking, that yeah, really that cool. on principle is pretty damn cool. It's cool how they achieved that in the movie. It, I thought I didn't mm-hmm. know if they were going to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I something about Leonidas though is that the 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 feather feathers on his helmet that was pretty cool. Yes. Um, I, I don't I don't think Spartans actually had that. I think that was a Roman thing. I could yeah, be I'm wrong, pretty though. sure that was a trademark of a Roman Empire. Yeah, the they Greek might have stolen Spart- from the Spartans though. The the Romans stole a lot from the Greeks. Rebuttal uh, though, like like, like, Re- like the gods. Rebuttal towards the helmet mm-hmm. doesn't hold uh, an axe to an axe. I tell you. <laughs> Just cuts off a lot of those it, feathers. Yeah, and it's it's stifling too. Um, <laughs> that's a stupid reference. Um, I think one thing that is kind of cool about uh, Rorschach as opposed to Leonidas mm-hmm. is that Leonidas is already a big, huge, muscular man. Mm-hmm. Well, Rorschach's kind of a short little guy who could still kick a lot of ass. Yeah, like that's true. Like even when he's in confronts uh, Moloch in the movie, like there's that shot that pulls around, and you see how much shorter he is than him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Leonidas is, is yeah already enormous. <laughs> um, I think I'm running out of steam here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. I, I I'm not sure I'm going to vote for it because. <laughs> yeah, t- I mean, we have just got to try and think out of context, which is really yeah. hard to do because yeah. both of these people are horrible. Do you guys want to vote? <laughs> Let's vote. All right, I'm going to uh, vote. Liam, are you good to vote? Uh, sure. Okay. I think I think I got mine. Let's stop um, the clock. All right. That was. Just under seven minutes. Okay. Cool Wars is getting shorter. I think we need to make Cool Wars about eight minutes now. That's the start. <laughs> All right, ready? Three, two, two, one. One. Rorschach. Neither. Leonidas. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, was... I, think, I think both me and Liam just voted with our biases on yeah, that one. I believe you I did. think a lot of it is that. I was, and I was just thinking of which one I'm more partial to. Where I'm like, yeah, no, oh. yeah, exactly, same. I'm, I'm more partial to Leonidas. You're more like, partial, I mean, partial as terrible Rorschach. as Rorschach is, I also just think he's kind of a more interesting character, even if I think mm. he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I guess I'm more interested in Leonidas because he was like an actual person. Yeah, yeah for then, sure. Like the fact that he actually did a lot of those things blows Based my mind. Based on a true story. I yeah. mean, I sincerely doubt he had those abs of steel. I mean, he was, he was, he was probably ripped for sure. <laughs> But I don't think to be. 
but I don't think they looked like professional wrestlers. I highly doubt it. <laughs> no, no, because they weren't bodybuilders. They 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 trained for strength and stamina, not not aesthetic. Also, right. no, though history. they did they did they did have armor like the breastplates they wore. They yeah. they wore they did have abs on them and stuff like that. Yeah, so I was weird. gonna say one thing with history is that if in actual history they did not just walk around in Lloyd cloths. Yeah, that, <laughs> they had armor. Otherwise, yeah. they would have lost every battle. <laughs> the reason why the Spartans were, were as renowned as they were was because they had that fucking thick armor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason no one else had shields like them is because those shields are fucking heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, you want to send us home there, Lucas? All right. Hello, everybody. I'm going to do the outro now. I'm, I, uh, I'll try not to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> please uh, follow. If you, if you enjoyed your time here, please follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, we are Thunder Lizard Collective. On Twitter, we are Thunder Lizard OG. Uh, if you want to donate to our Patreon, we are patreon.com slash Thunder Lizard. Uh, and if you, if you did it, again, if you enjoyed your time here, please share, subscribe on whatever platform you're watching this on, whether it be YouTube, follow us on uh, iTunes and Equivalents, give us uh, five stars uh, reviews wherever you can. Uh, also follow us on Spotify. Uh, we have another show uh, called Thunder and Dragons TND, where I uh, guide these folks uh, through some godly adventures. And uh, we have a new show on the way. Uh, we are calling it uh, Bookzilla. Bookzilla. I, I, I genuinely love that title. <laughs> Bookzilla, a uh, Thunder Lizard podcast, a book club, as it were. Yeah. Um, it replaced it replaced Lucas and I's show on the roster because we never uh, actually we never did work it. Liam, or Lucas, uh, even changed the name. Your show isn't happening. No, I know. <laughs> you guys made zero effort. Um, that's why we're doing Bookzilla. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, I uh, will. Are we going to announce what book we're doing? If you follow us on Patreon, you can find out on there, but I'm not ah, announcing here. So. Dang it, I was going right, to show cool. it off. No, not yet. No. Uh, All right, and, cool. and of course, uh, thank you to our patrons, Kate, Tanya, Scott, Manos, and Owen. That's right. Thank you, everybody, for um, following us and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam, and I hope we have answered the question of, why is Zack Snyder? See ya. Hey, fuck you, Zack Snyder. Wow.